morning, class. Welcome to Art Eater Podcast number 51. This is our uh, first podcast of 2022. So to ring in the new year, we're going to reflect back on 2021. So uh, we're going to be talking about our favorite works uh, from the previous year. Of course, we'll probably be covering our favorite uh, video games, but really feel free to touch on anything, you know, movies, shows, comics, streamers, recipes, you know, like whatever got you inspired. Um, so as usual, we're, we're just going to wing it. We're, we're going to have a pretty free form conversation. And then a- after, you know, hours of meandering across a galaxy of ideas, we'll, we'll look at that sea of gems that these dudes will drop and we'll connect the dots, <laughs> draw some conclusions, give a name to those constellations. But um, first, uh, let's, let's do a roll call. So uh, I'm, I'm your host, Richmond. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm an animator, uh, artist, uh, run a game company and uh, founder of Art Eater, and I'm super excited to be here today with these very fine folks. Uh, Sean? Hi, I'm Sean, I'm usually here. I um, edit the podcasts, uh, and uh, during the day, I lead the design teams at NDXT. I'm a career UX designer, creative director, um, and I sometimes write a lot about games, but um, other times just play the games or watch people play games. But uh, uh, I've also been a contributor to Art Eater for, uh, I don't know, <laughs> since I've known Richmond in college, so uh, always oh, yeah. excited since to be Since the beginning, here. pretty much, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. this is uh, James Stanley. Uh, I'm always happy to be here. I am a comic book artist, storyboard artist, character designer. Uh, I love fighting games. Uh, whenever I get a chance, I love to talk about Alpha 2. And uh, I'm always glad to be here, so uh, really excited to do a, uh, I guess, a, a rollback of uh, 2021. That was a technical joke. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the NPR Art Eater show for 2021. Joining you from France, I am Thomas, the webmaster of ArtEater.com. I am very pleased to be um, around all those fine folks for one more year in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Uh, <laughs> we've got Thomas doing NPR right here. Uh, it's Adam. It's AJ. Uh, pleased to be here once again, as always. It's your favorite game level designer, pixel artist, and also international taekwondo fighter. Happy to be here once again for 2022. And yeah, I'm just always loving sharing lots of cool art online and stuff like that, too. All kinds of creative projects that I find out about. So we'll get into all of the Twitter stuff later, but I'm happy to be here once again. And let's get into this fine conversation, as Thomas just said. Let's get it. <clears throat> All right, let's do it. Okay, who who wants to start? Like, uh, who, you know, what what? I mean, first off, like, what a crazy year, right? Yeah, uh, it, it's, uh-huh. it's almost cliche to point out, but we're we're pretty much in the third year of 2020, right? Yeah, so yeah I was, kind of I was like thinking this, it was like 2021, 2020 part two, the longest yeah. beta test ever. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I don't know y'all remember uh, like when Facebook games were all the rage that they would just keep the game in beta. Just yeah. forever because it was an excuse <laughs> yeah. to do something. I think Farmville yep. is actually still in beta. Technically, that's oh, wild. wild. <laughs> I've not heard yeah. about Farmville in years. Super wild. Well, I think oh, Zynga just got acquired by Take Two Interactive for like yeah. twelve yes. billion dollars. Now that's a twenty twenty two story, very very modern. But I don't know. I I kind of looked at that and I was like, I don't know what's going on because I was like, if I think of two companies that are on the opposite ends of the spectrum of the game industry, I feel like I might have come up with. Zynga and Take-Two Interactive, because like if everyone doesn't know, Take-Two is primarily known for Red Dead Redemption. So, Rockstar. They're, they yeah. are, uh, yeah, yeah, they, they own Rockstar. Rockstar. 
Mm-hmm. Unrelated, but did y'all ever play Bully? Uh, it was a Rockstar game yes. where you were like a school that game is Oh my god. Yes, of Amazing course. Game, kind, yeah. of, kind of at it. Yeah. Yeah, that game is underrated, honestly. It's like, amazing, honestly. It had so many cool mechanics. The idea of it itself was really quite interesting. I remember you could have an option, lots of options with regards to, like, relationships and stuff. So you could, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, date other, like, students, or you could, like, you know, have crushes on different people, or you could just, like, do all kinds of cool stuff. And I remember just, um, I remember being into that quite quite a bit. I didn't have it, like, myself, but I'd go to my friend's house and play it, like, all the time. So, yeah, it was cool. I, I think Grand Theft Auto is a, is a good game, but I, I feel like it, kind of sucked a lot of the creativity out of rockstar's games because for a while i was really excited whenever they came out with something because they've just got a very strong voice in terms of how they do games and like i said i think grand theft auto is a great series i just feel like uh, their other games are more intellectually interesting thematically mm-hmm. yeah R- rockstar they're they're actually uh scottish aren't they are mm-hmm. they originally uh, from Scotland? No, they have more. They have more. They have a, a couple of different um, headquarters. Like they have, they have okay. headquarters in. Um, they have headquarters in New York, in the U.S., in the in the states and stuff. And I'm also pretty sure that they have that they do. Yeah, I'm quite sure that they have some in the. Of course, they have some in the U.K. I have some friends. I have some friends over there. Duh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I I want to say their roots are with the company that created yeah. uh, Lemmings, right? I, I I could be wrong. Don't I? I I'm gonna check. <laughs> now initially, <laughs> in, in, yeah. In, initially, like what it is that you're talking about, like with the with regards to, like the split there, like it used to be called uh, DMA Design Limited. I'm looking at now. That's Rockstar North that I'm talking about. So yeah, they're a British game development company, like and they're a studio uh, of Rockstar okay. Games, like, based in Edinburgh. So yeah, Edinburgh, Scotland. But yeah, they were initially founded as DMA Design in Dundee in 1987. It says here. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, it's interesting. Okay. I, I never yeah, looked into the, the back the background of Rockstar for some reason, even though I uh-huh, often yeah. look into the backgrounds of uh, developers. Yeah, man, they they created yeah. Lemmings in 1991. Mm-hmm. Such a small yeah. world with games. Like it's it's so often that you discover that a studio that you really like that does something. Like you'll go back in time and be like, oh, they did this. Like this actually feels very similar to how obviously Naughty Dog is known now for like Last of Us and um, Uncharted and stuff. But in my mind, <laughs> I can't not hear Naughty Dog and think Crash Bandicoot, which is just yeah, a, oh, Jack a, and Dexter, yeah, Jack and Dexter, exactly. It's just a, it's it's interesting how I think talented studios can really evolve, um, and still and still works. Like it's, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel wrong. What well, What's funny is that the the jump to Uncharted was actually made when the studio was directed by a French guy. Like I discovered this uh, a few years ago. He's not there anymore. But um, yeah, I think the the, the creator of um, you know uh, Naughty Dog was um, Andrew Rubin or something like that, and uh, yeah, when he when he gave up the the role of director of the company, the the new director was French for some reason, and uh, and he instigated this um, this new move to more realistic games. So that's uh, he's not there anymore. Uh, so that's. Uh, that's surprising. That's one of the biggest surprises I ever had. Like, what the fuck? Why is there someone making a French guy making Uncharted? You know, and, uh, <laughs> that's and that's the same. You know, the I think it's the the Luminous Engine and um, in uh, at Square Enix that is pouring. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Final Fantasy 15 and uh, yeah. their new game, their, their their Isekai game, like with the the, the lady. Um, it is they, um, an yeah. yeah, it's an isekai. Yeah, and um, 
And also uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 engine were done, I think, by were partially done or led by another guy, which is which is also French. And he worked at Ubisoft in the 2000, and I think he worked on the the engine of uh, Prince of Persia, the Sons of Time, you know, the one where you could re roll back time and things like that. So uh, that's funny how, you know, some people, they, they jump from one company to another, but you can somehow see, you know, their legacy. Because if you look at, you know, Metal Gear Solid V and uh, the games uh, at Square Enix made with the Luminous engine, you see a little bit... Oh, yes, and after that he worked on uh, Death Stranding too, I think. Uh, Death Stranding. So you can see, you know, how the light, the way the engine renders in those three games is a bit similar, even if the Death Stranding game was made with the, the engine of um, of the Netherlands studio that, that is making uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. So that's funny. So here you go. That was your 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 French plug plugging French people uh, in the industry. Hey, I'm, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm gonna uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna leapfrog off of that on on this very long tangent. <laughs> the, um, you know, we haven't even covered the main topic yet. But <laughs> <laughs> no, another con contributor to the uh, Luminous Engine was uh, Yoshihisa Hashimoto. Um, Yay! Yeah, and he worked on Sonic Unleashed. He created the Hedgehog. <gasps> engine uh for for yes. that game and, and i remember that game came out in what like 2006 or something um and i remember at the time i was just like this game has insanely good lighting it's like got some of the most realistic real-time lighting i've ever seen and like no one was talking about it you know mm -hmm. like but i was like wow like it, this game makes you feel like you're traveling places and then apparently square enix took notice because he he was also one of the uh mm. people behind the luminous engine which i i totally didn't know but when yeah. Final Fantasy XV came out, I was like, "My God, like, it has insanely good lighting, like, mm -hmm. like really, really um, evocative, you know, not not just realistic, mm -hmm. but like." Uh, so, and uh, Sonic yeah, Unleashed so is um, if you if you want, you know, how Sonic Unleashed has uh, two phases, uh, two two type of gameplays, like the the running mm -hmm. phases and the werewolf uh, phases, and mm -hmm. uh, the the werewolf ones are ter are pretty terrible. But what is good is that Sonic Generation, which came after, right after, it takes like the, the best levels of each Sonic games, and you can play them, play them, both in 2D, like old Sonic, or 3D, like new Sonic. And yeah, that was really cool. Some, yeah, yeah, and some of the best stages of Sonic Unleashed were actually put back into um, into uh, Sonic Generations. I oh, think it was Generations, yeah. Like the the I think the the famous city you know very South Mediterranean stage that you all often think about when you see um, Sonic Unleashed, it's in this mm -hmm. game in a remade form, and what is super cool is that if you have Sonic uh, Generations on um, on PC, you can actually mod it. I think uh, last time I checked there was a big modding community. And you can unlock the, the FPS and uh, add some new effects and things like that, so the, the so the the game runs way smoother than it was uh, uh, made uh, before. And you can also import. I think you can import through a mod the running stages of uh, Unleashed into Generation Engine. Whoa! So you can play the and and to be honest, the the the, the Unleashed running. 
stages were probably the most the, the best sonic uh, uh, 3D stages you can find since yeah. Sonic Adventure on Dreamcast. So yeah. yeah, if you have the PC version, like just just check it out because right now you know it's been ten years, more than ten years, and um, you probably can run the game fine on your current computer. So yeah, try it. That's a that's a long tangent, but yeah, if you like well, Sonic, check, <laughs> well, uh, check it out. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, um, I don't know if we were talking exactly about this, but um, there's also the retro engine for Sonic, which I yeah. believe uh, I believe it was actually decompiled and released last year, like 2021, uh, even though it was the original engine that I think Sega used for... I don't remember which games, but um, it's an Australian uh, developer that yes. built the engine. Yeah. That's um, the um, what. What's funny is that there's an incredible um, video. Uh, I think, Ig, you probably saw it. You know what the? Uh, I think it's the current state of Sonic or something like that by um, oh. by twelve and that's Super that's, Twelve, yeah, yeah. Super High by Twelve, so like, uh, and uh, that's that's inc an incredible video about the influence of Sonic, how it influenced the world generation, and how right now. A world generation that grew with Sonic is actually making the, making the Sonic games, the Sonic anime, <laughs> the Sonic comics, oh, yeah. the Sonic music, and uh, it came full circle. And actually, the worst Sonic games you can get right now are the ones that came that come directly from the the Sonic Studio, basically. And uh, they announced a new Sonic game, and everyone is like, "Okay, should we, you know, rejoice?" Or be afraid, because oh, <laughs> and that's, that's that, there's even a, a meme like the Sonic cycle, you know, where <laughs> a new game is announced, you're excited, the game is released, <laughs> you're disappointed, a new game is announced, <laughs> and it starts again. I mean, that, that happens every time, even it to, does when the games lot, have though. very redeeming qualities. Yeah, but mm -mm. James, James. Favorite yes. thing from 2021. <laughs> Let's get oh, into it. Oh man, uh, it's 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 so weird because like I to me 2021 is like a beta test of 2020, and mm. a lot of it kind of like blurs together. But if I had to think about, I guess the one game that really, oh yeah, I have to make sure did it come out. Yeah, I think Guilty Gear Strive came out in 2021. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a uh, yeah. yeah um you know that was a that was an, a, an interesting experience because i mean we all know how, how big of a fan i am of uh just any sort of game that can take classic 2d uh design aesthetic and elements and bring them into a 3d world and do that <clears throat> do it as well as they have uh you know that's like a really big deal for me so uh from the moment i saw the trailer for the game uh going through the beta test and like my own struggles with understanding the meta of the game itself. Uh, I think guilty gears drive probably was one of the biggest impacts for me. Just looking at it, even now, like just looking at like the idle animations for like characters and like just seeing how they're able to push this from uh, what they did with exert. Because I mean, when I saw exert, you know, I was like, Oh my God, like this is, like, how are they doing this? Like, this is insane. And then, you know, Strive comes out or the trailer comes out and then you go back and look at Exert and you're like, oh, 
I do see how this looks a little wonky or this looks like it looks great, but like, you know, you can see how they continue to push themselves. And I think if anything, like even if people aren't the biggest fans of like the design meta of the game, uh, visually, I feel like they definitely push themselves in a way that nobody asked for, but everybody's happy for. <laughs> um, yeah. Because that game is ridiculously beautiful. Like, uh, even, and even with as new characters are coming out for it, uh, it just seems like they're pushing uh, more nuanced animations. Uh, like, it's it's kind of a... It's a, it's a sight to behold, really. Um, and it's not to say that it's, like, the dominating end-all, be-all way that all 3D fighting games should ever look, but... It definitely is a particular stamp that is like unforgettable until I guess Arxis like decides to defeat themselves again. Uh, <laughs> you know, because it's it's because I mean that's the cyclical aspect of it is that like you know, you go back to when Guilty Gear first came out, it's like, whoa, these sprites look amazing. Then Guilty Gear X comes out and you're like, wait, this looks like I'm playing an anime, and then they just continue this over and over and over. Yeah. And you get to the point with Strive that, like, you know, outside of maybe a few different shots, like, if you took any sort of screenshot of this game and you showed it to somebody, it's just like, wow, that looks like a show. That doesn't look like uh, a game. So um, that was that was probably one of the more memorable games and impactful experiences I had in terms of games in 2021. But yeah. there's also this game. other game. Yeah. There's this this other game that scares people and uh <laughs> has has a um a certain a certain uh curvaceous uh atlantean figure um i think it was called resident evil village uh mm-hmm. that game was specifically interesting for me uh because outside of the fact that like i am a huge fan of third person camera like that is just I don't know if it's because of the era I played games in. I just really love seeing my character, right? Me so too. Mm-hmm. Um, playing an FPS, it, it was a little scary for me in the sense that, like, I don't know if I like this kind of immersion, but I said, you know what? I'll play the demo. I'll see how I feel. I fell in love with the demo. Um, the controls were just fine outside of a few exceptions that were more on me than, like, the game itself. So um, I bought the game. And I was having a great old time just kind of frolicking through a depressing winter and like, you know, fighting my way through things to get to, uh, you know, my, my, my wife, my, my lady D and, uh, (laughs) there was something that I don't think Capcom was ready to tell anybody at the time was that, and I can say this now because it's, you know, it's 2022 people have already ran through this game. So they, they know the deal, but lady D is not in the game that much. And, uh, It was, it was a, initially it was a really like sort of depressing thing. Like, oh man, like I wanted to see what, what else they were going to do with like a Hachishaku mommy dearest, uh, easy bake oven sort of design aesthetic for a character <laughs> because it's something that like I had never seen. And I think that the recipe for it was really cool. So it was like, I just wanted more experiences with this character but, you know, she she has her own fate that happens very early on in the game. But this is the point where Capcom is like, okay, so this is the part where we actually give you a scary game. And for me, uh, I was okay with it until 
I got to the point where they shoved one of my biggest phobias directly in my face. So one of the things that, like, I may not be saying this correctly, but, like, I realize I have, like, trip, I think it's tryptophobia, like, with holes. So there's a oh. particular boss that shows up, and it is, it's, I think, I don't know, I could be wrong, it's like an aborted fetus or something. And, <laughs> like, the thing is, is that what's scary about it is you don't see it right away. You just hear it. And the way that it's orchestrated, it's like you're in this dark area, you're kind of, you're doing a lot of monotonous things over and over that you don't want to do because the area, the sound design, all these things are sort of like doing their job, right? So you're in this place of like, oh my God, I have to go back down this hall again. I have to do what? And then you start hearing like a baby. And you're like, well, what's so scary about a baby, right? Like, it's a baby. Like, I mean, but the thing is, is like, there's a difference when you hear a baby that sounds like it's about the size of a bag of potato chips to a baby <laughs> that might be like as big as a house, right? And something about the sound design was like, that's a big ass baby, bro. Like, I don't know how I feel about it. And it was like, you could hear it getting closer. And then it did this thing. Right, because cooing. All right, baby coos can be scary. I don't care what anybody says. Like you can take mm. the normal sound of a baby and it sounds normal, but then you can you can manipulate it or juxtapose it to sound design that can make it like horrific, right? But they did one other thing, was that there is a point where the baby sounds like it's hungry, and it starts like making nom sounds, and I'm like, nah, I can't. <laughs> I was like, I can't. Like this is. It's like. You know, there's a point that I won't go beyond. I know that's an Enter the Dragon quote, but like, like there was that point where I was just like, nah, I mean, and I was streaming it. Like, I was streaming the game on Twitch, and I was running through it. It was almost like a fake speed run until I got to that point, and I was like so shook. And I was like, hey guys, I'm going to start the stream tomorrow, which meant never, but I didn't know that it meant never <laughs> at that time, because what ended up happening was I told some people, I was like, hey, I think I need like a few days away from this game before I started. Because oh I was God. very optimistic about going back to it. But I was like, I just need a few <laughs> days. But then the internet kept playing the game, right? So I saw on YouTube, like, people posting videos and stuff. You know how they have the thumbnail and they want to highlight, like, the craziest moment, right? So what do they do? They have pictures of this baby everywhere. And, like, it looks like it has all these holes in it. Its face is in, like, agony. And it just looks so terrifying. There was a point where I was looking on my phone on YouTube and I dropped my phone because I was so terrified of that image. And like people didn't know because I didn't really know that I had it. You know what I mean? I didn't know I had that kind of phobia. So like people would send me memes and stuff and it would be like, oh my God, I can't look at my phone. Like I can't like like it was like Resident Evil, much like the evil within did its job so well that I couldn't finish the game. And okay, that hasn't just happened looked to me on in a YouTube long and... time. I just yeah. looked on YouTube and oh my god, you, you I'm glad you you were right. You, <laughs> yeah, <being>. it's <laughs> yeah. you were super right. Like no blaming you. I haven't no, no blaming you at all. Like, yeah, like it's all. I've, I've heard it's very scary. Like yeah, yeah. it it's 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 and it's funny because people were like, Well, once you get past that point, like it's fine. And I'm like, but like you actually the way that, like you can run from it, right? And someone was like, well, there's a way you can do it where you don't see it. And I was like, the fact that there's a can means that I could see it. So I'm like, you know what? 
Like, I'd rather not take the risk. Like, it's one of those things that are like, hey, you can beat so-and-so in a fighting game. You just got to know the blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but yeah, like, if I mess up one time and I get low forward, it's over. Like, I can't, Mm. like, I just, like, it was one of those things. Because somebody was like, well, you know, like, you do have to interact a little bit. And sometimes you see trails that it leaves. And I was like, nah, bro. Like, I can't. So, Shout outs to whoever designed it because you guys designed something super scary. It did the job, but it did it so well. Can I, can I, I plug a, a video that is very art eater style and should please sure. our audience? There's this YouTuber <clears throat> lady called Eurotug uh, 4000, Eurotug, and yeah. she's uh, she made a video which is very interesting uh, and spoiler free about Resident Evil 8 uh, Village. And uh, it's called the influences of Resident Evil Village, and uh, she's of um, East Europe uh, originally, from Romania apparently, and she mm-hmm. discussed how, for her, uh, navigating in the game was almost nostalgic because it reminded her of uh, several things she saw uh, when she was a kid. Because uh, the, the ah. Resident Evil Village takes a lot of inspiration in the in East, uh, Eastern um, Eastern uh, villages and uh, decoration and things like that and houses. So yeah, go- good video if you want to 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 go to, to go back to the roots of how they design, you know, the the village. Uh, it's <laughs> very influenced by Romania. Uh, so go check it out. It's Herotug4000. Okay. She has a, an amazing uh, channel, YouTube channel overall, and she ha- doesn't have enough uh, followers, I think. Okay. So go for it. it You're going, if, you li- if, if you like uh, Artiter and you know the, the, like the, the articles of Richmond, like a uh, Buddhist guide to, uh, you know, she does a lot of things like that too. So she. Ooh. She's going. I think you're you're going to to love that, and she loves survival horror. So uh, James, mm. that's for you too. Awesome, yeah, James. Awesome. I gotta say, I I I I haven't played Resident Evil uh, Village yet, but um, I, I took a look at that baby, and oh my god, it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I, like it's. I, I, I just want to point out um, one one really interesting design aspect of it is um, it has no teeth. It's humongous, but Mm-mm, it yeah. has no teeth, which is, I, I think, probably like 90% of designers would be like, yeah, we're going to give it sharp teeth to make it menacing, right? But it is way scarier because it's going to gum you to death. <laughs> like, that's yeah, way exactly. worse. It's going to be, gonna be slow. <laughs> it's going to be that, agonist. You know, that's the same. That's the reverse way, but the same effect as putting human teeth on animals. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know that that's the exactly. same effect, but but reversed. <laughs> have, you, have you guys ever seen those images of like those bears, but like with like human teeth, like terrifying? Bears? Oh my it's, like, god! Not, it's, it's not a fun time. They're like they're like they like, like little teddy bears. People make um, oh. it's like a community online. People make like really uh, messed up versions of like little teddy bears with like human like fake human like sinew and flesh and. And bones and all sorts of stuff like that. It's very odd, but very, uh, very interesting visually. Yeah, that sounds and of course, like something the internet would do. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. this is this is true. This is true. Yeah, yeah but yeah. Uh, yeah, that that thing, like, and I know that they couldn't put some sort of warning because it would ruin, I guess, the surprise element of like, hey, you didn't know how scared we were of babies, but like, 
if if they had like some sort of tryptophobia like thing, it would have like made me think or second guess like, yo, do I want to play this? Because because the thing is, this is not a bad thing against Village. Like it is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. It was just for me, it did it so well that I was like, I cannot. Uh, one other thing I was gonna say was Evil Evil Within did something similar, but it wasn't like tryptophobia. It was just the presence of mind of the main character. They made you really feel uh, his uneasiness and paranoia like throughout it. And it was done so well that it was like, yo, I actually feel like I am Sebastian and I cannot right now because I will haul off and deck somebody because like it, it, it puts you in the, the shoes of the character. And I, and I feel like it did its job so well that like, because I think there were other people on Twitter that were like, yeah, man, I can't. Like with Village, they were just like, I can't. And they wouldn't say why. Because I wasn't at that point. I was just kind of frolicking through the, yeah. the game in my members only jacket shooting people. I didn't care. <laughs> and I was I was having a wonderful time just like, you know, just living my life. And then it was just like somebody was like, yo, man, Capcom got everybody fucked up. This game, I don't know. I, I've heard actually what you're talking about, James, is that the tonal shifts that happen in, in Village are kind of the side effect of them trying to combine the more kind of campy fun feel of the of like the like four with yeah with the re, the realism of seven and it it has this effect i had the same thing that i didn't have any points where i was just done with the game like you were but i definitely had points where i was like wow i'm like at a disney theme park that's resident evil and then i'm like oh no i'm at in a horror movie that's a real horror movie right now like it would just kind of go <laughs> up and down yes um and i i don't know i feel like it was it was either like this is, it didn't know what it wanted to be, or it was like, hey, we have a ride for everybody. And some people really like being creepy, scared with no fun whatsoever. Uh, that, maybe that's what that level was. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a, that's a really good point because um, it does have a very specific tonal shift and it's almost abrupt. Like, it, it feels like there's like different, like, I, I actually, I've heard someone call it like a Resident Evil theme park. And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, it has different sections of the theme park. Yeah. It feels like just cartoonish enough, but also just real enough that you can enjoy it. Like, I don't know. I, so it, it, it's, it's an segment, interesting. Yeah. Go ahead. It's, it's an interesting synergy between the two because it does, it feels like at times it feels like if Resident Evil 4 was, I don't know like a Philly cheesesteak, right? And then there were elements that they wanted of this Philly cheesesteak to be in Village, but, like, instead of going to, like, a Philly, like, place that makes Philly cheesesteaks, they went to, like, Whole Foods. Or they went to, like, some <laughs> other place that has... They have the right idea. Like, they understand the formula. But, like, there's something with, like, how it's done that it just doesn't come off the same way. But it's endearing enough where you're like, I understand like, because I'm not so, in a bodega getting a Philly. I'm in whole foods yeah. getting a Philly. So it's the, different. Like it's, do you mean like James, when you, James, I get, oh, good. sorry, go, go, go. I, I gotta ask then in this metaphor, um, obviously they missed the cheese whiz. So like, what is the missing cheese whiz in this, <laughs> in this game? Well, I think, I think the thing is, is that like there's cheese whiz that is metaphorically there. But it's not enough. It's like maybe mm. someone's. It's like, it's like it's it's like a hint of it. It's almost like the can was low, and someone was like, "Well, nobody's mm. looking. I'm just going to spray." But they didn't think they didn't realize that it was just air coming out, 
as opposed okay. to like the cheese itself. You're saying it's Lady like, D is the cheese whiz. No, no, it's like you know you no. want to eat waff no. you want to eat waffles, but you don't go to the waffle house, so you don't have the whole experience, you know. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's like getting, <laughs> it's like no, 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 no it's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. It's like getting Waffle House in the mail. Yeah, it's like if you could get Waffle House in the mail, like if you could get like a delivery of like frozen, like freeze, dr like uh, dry frozen uh, Waffle House food, and then you just heat it up and put it in your oven, like it tastes like it's Waffle like, House, but you're not you got what you wanted. Your life. Yeah. It's not exactly you got what you same. wanted. You know what this is like, James? It's not it's exactly like getting, the same. It's like getting pho delivered. You can't. Yeah, oh, like you can you can heat it up and you yeah. can put all the ingredients, but it's just not the same thing. It's not the having, same. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. not watching it get it's prepared. Same, you're not eating but... it in the same place. All the aromas aren't around you. Yeah, I get you. And you're eating it thought... in like a styrofoam bowl. Like it's not. Yeah, it's not the <laughs> yeah, you same. Don't, you don't have that it's giant like... ceramic bowl that's bigger than any person should ever have. Like, yeah, you know. of course. Yeah, yeah. And that bowl has flavor in it. I don't care what anyone says. So yeah. So because it's, because it, it's, it's not that village is bad. Because village is great. It's just that that Resident Evil, like trying to implement it into what they wanted for village. It sometimes it works, but it feels sort of out of place, but in place at the same time. Like it's mm -hmm. that's kind of what it is. Mm -hmm. But no, I think it's a great game. It's just you know, uh, I would say like I mean, without like spoiling it, you'll know, look at that baby and see if you can handle it because <laughs> like because you got to think that baby's gonna be moving in like sixty frames a second. Like it's not the one image you're looking at where you're like, oh no, nah, that's cool. Like the baby and the baby moves fast, bro. Like it's not. <laughs> It's, I, it's it's like that moment when you're on the subway train and it's like you see a wild dude and they're not close to you but then like in like one frame they're like all up in your <laughs> face or at least close enough to you that you feel in danger like that type of thing like I, so i i feel yeah. the need to mention the are y'all familiar with the the mods for the resident evil 2 remake where they they uh, basically subbed in Thomas the Tank Engine for yeah uh, yes so of course. so you've seen pictures of it and it's funny Gosh. but if you've ever played or watched a mod where it's in motion it's kind of exactly what James no. talking about it's actually terrifying in motion it's not funny <laughs> it's it's not funny no it's terrifying no. <laughs> it's not funny Just, at all <laughs> real real random aside about Thomas the Tank Engine I was I was watching one of the modern uh, CG movies of Thomas the Tank Engine with my nieces and nephews okay so that's yeah. something that exists yeah First. oh yeah, yeah right. it's okay. still it's ongoing <laughs> ongoing right it's not not just ringo star and 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 the little models there's there's still making <laughs> thomas the tank engine content but just real quick one of the whoever did this was a genius because like it's a series about living trains right and just in the middle of this story, like, you know, these trains, like, sometimes they make their own decisions, right? They're like, I'm going to do this thing. Damn everyone else. I'm going to do this. And there was, I remember this shot in the middle of this Thomas the Tank Engine thing where, like, <laughs> there were people just jumping off of the train. They were like, I am i can't handle this. I got to get out oh my of this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, much, much like James noping his way out of Resident Evil Village. <laughs> Some genius animator like just inserted this incredible, um, you know, like just bit of life into this film. It was it was just, great. I just wanted to to plug another video. Maybe I think all of you know about the the Mega sixty four 
uh, YouTube channel yes. some guys yeah yes. of course. course each each year they do the best game awards video it's Todd and Aaron's game award and <laughs> oh my god each year they say the best game of the year is Call of Duty <laughs> and, oh and they're like they oh. dress they dress and they talk as pure rednecks you know American uh, oh that's awesome like and and those guys like each year they give awards that makes absolutely no sense like The, the year Bloodstain of the Night, uh, uh, Bloodstain, uh, you know the. Um, yeah, Bloodstain Ritual of the Night. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, Bloodstain Ritual of the Night came out. He got, he got an award for uh, mm. the award was game that remind me my first date with Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> What Bloodstain Ritual of the Night, ah, and this year they gave they they gave. The, the award game that broke barriers to Resident Evil Village because apparently everyone was horny for Lady Demistric <laughs> and everyone and everyone you know what was not shy about it <laughs> and oh, it's oh like the no. you know it's like the continuation of 80s in 2020 where everyone was horny for absolutely all the cast and <laughs> after that Lady Demistric came in and like I saw things on the internet from people that I thought, you know, were like restraining themselves most of the time, and suddenly they are posting Mama Demistrique everywhere, and I was like, what the <laughs> hell? That's it. And everyone, it's, it's the meme. Everyone was in horny jail. Everybody. Everybody yeah. got arrested. Everyone. Everyone, everyone escaped from the horny jail in 2021 with yes. Lady Demistrique. So, yeah. That's uh, that's one of the perks of this game with the the baby. I have one thing to say <laughs> about this. It's it's quite random, and I think we may have spoken about this before prior. I'm not sure, but there's a game that exists that is kind of the extension of what it is that we were just talking about with regard to the Thomas Tank Engine in a horror sense. So there's this game. It's called Choo Choo Charles. We may have discussed it before. We may not have. Oh, but it's an that, open world yeah. horror game that features an evil spider train named charles and this spider train with spider legs and a giant face full of like rows of needle-like teeth and a blood-covered mouth it chases you throughout this like forest-like area and oh my god <laughs> trying to stay Whoa. away from it and you eventually have to try and kill it Whoa. yeah 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 it's quite it's quite amazing this this takes itself a little too seriously for i mean Whoa. i thought it was going to be much goofier from the the thumbnail but it like it's 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 more terrifying because of how grounded it seems to be. <laughs> there are oh some there are some um, there are quite a few videos like of it which I which, which I've seen with regards to like its gameplay and stuff like that. And like parts of it are kind of goofy, but other parts of it are kind of a bit more serious. So I get what you mean. But yeah, yeah. it's um it's it's odd because <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah, it, it's like it's like you, we're, we're in an era now where like Did the internet this year. Um, I, I, okay, I don't. I'm not sure if it came out this this year, but I think I think there was some gameplay of okay. it that came out like a little well, bit ago, like just near yeah. the end of like last year time. Like, yeah, the, the trailer announcement came trailer out. was October 2021. Maybe yeah, it's open world. Open world on a train. You can customize your train, like giving it a machine gun and uh, arms, mm -hmm. and you are escaping the train. Yeah. That that's wow. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I, don't, I don't I don't think it's fully out yet. I'm not sure. From what I've seen, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not out yeah, yet. Yeah, on the Steam page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said it's yeah, yeah it's not out yet. 
<laughs> it's like someone who was very obsessed by trains said, okay, people like they don't like spiders and they don't like clowns. So I'm going to mix them with a train because I love trains yeah. and make a game about it. <laughs> I love I, it. That I, I have an artist on Twitter who likes skateboards and, and maids, and all he does is, is drawing maids doing skateboards. And yes, I love this kind of, you know, you, yeah. you know yeah. I love this kind of dedications to things you like and you mix them together and you don't give a crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think Choo yeah, Charlie is. Uh, I think it, it's still out. I think the trailer just had like such a massive impression on people that like got everybody to talk about it. I think that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I might have found the uh, inspiration for it. Uh, it's just googling, and uh, there, there's a children's book called Charlie the Choo Choo, starring a pretty terrifying oh. looking uh, train too. And um, okay. it turns out it was written by Stephen King under a pseudonym. Uh, the student of oh. Evans, and it was actually a children's story within a story that he uh, had published in the Dark Tower Three, um, and then I, I guess someone <laughs> oh, thought it was a good enough cool. story to just you know extract it and just publish it oh. as its own standalone book. So oh my I, god! I, I bet them a, that that's got to be the inspiration. I, you, I have you, no idea. I'm talking out of my ass. You you know how we talked about giving human teeth to things that are not supposed to have them well a train is not supposed to have human teeth and it shows when you google charlie's a choo-choo so you know what see all of this is bringing back a uh, particular sort of i guess if, if i had to be truthful about it it was probably like one of the first horrific things that i visibly remember as a child in like any sort of like stylized animation there's a cartoon that I don't recommend to anybody see called Turbo T. And huh. the basic premise of this, and I may have brought this up on our year before. It might have been a long time, though. But uh, oh, yeah, it's yeah. basically <laughs> yeah. about this guy yeah. that he gets struck by lightning and somehow his body and a sports car get sort of like intertwined that they're the same person but this human kid can turn into the car and he uses oh. this ability yes. for like certain situations yeah I've seen, I've seen and it is the most horrifying thing <laughs> you could ever see and, it, and you can tell that it wasn't supposed to be it wasn't supposed to be horrific no. they were just like nah, the kid can turn into a car whatever it's 2d simple like sort of hanna-barbera-esque animation like it can't be terrifying. Wrong. Wrong. Like, <laughs> that, that he turned into a car. Like, his face is the grill. Like, just think about yeah. that. Like, his face is the front of the car. And mm. his face turns into that. Like, terrifying. And I blame all of this Charlie Choo Choo. All it, it's, it's, it's Turbo <laughs> T's fault. It's all Turbo T's fault. Like, you look up the trailer if you want, like, the opening if you want at your own yeah. risk, or random clips of him turning into the car. Like, there's no way that they make him transform that isn't terrifying. Yeah, well, it's like, oh my it's God, his face is just the front of the car. Yeah. That, yes! <laughs> it's it's Animorphs cover level of, you know, weirdness a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> true, true, true. Hmm. 
No, yeah, why, I just put the, why? I just put the gifts in there. Watch at your own risk there. <laughs> I, lo- I love the, the, the moment of pause and suddenly Shown is like, oh my god, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> when when oh, his the teeth turn into the car is terrifying. Yeah, you, you know what's is... worse than the face is that his his ass distends and widens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it goes. <laughs> I don't think oh, anyone was amazing. Uh, yeah. No one had that image in their head before they animated this. J- J- no James one on earth is, is totally right because it's very clear that they didn't think this was funny or terrifying. They were just like, well, what would it look like if a kid transformed into a car? Um, yeah. yeah. Surely we have to show all of it on screen and make it somehow make sense. Uh, and I was yeah. like, well, I guess his legs just distend 12 feet. And then his yep. butt mm-hmm. becomes, it's just. Mm. <laughs> yeah. and there there like, are so many other think... ways you could have done this. Oh, go on. Yeah. yeah. And then you got to think, like, how does that feel? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like like that can't be a like even i don't even want to say pleasurable but like like that can't be like a feeling that you're willing to endure to solve a problem like there <laughs> has to be a point where turbo t is like oh my god again like because that that can't feel good bro so, y- y'all know how there's like a, a subreddit that has gifts that's better every loop well this is worse every loop yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah oh yeah the, the more, more you, you think about it, it the worse it gets yeah yeah, it gets it gets worse, and it's so just you, like you, you have to put this uh, image on the on the website, you know, for the for this for the year review. I mean, I'm, oh my god, I'm kind of considering it because, like, uh, maybe it is some sort of weird metaphor for 2021, 2020. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I believe so. Sure. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak. Speaking of driving and cars, I'm gonna steer this conversation in a different direction. Yeah, I like that. Is it okay? So basically, <laughs> what I'm about to chat about right now, I'm feeling like because we've spoken about games which we have heard of from much larger companies and studios, and they've been a bit more uh, in the limelight, let's say. But me right now, I'm going to mention a few different projects that I've liked and that I've seen for quite a while, not just from like a 2021 specifically, but they've, they've ended up coming out around 2021 or actually in 2021. So for example... For a long, long time, I've been lucky enough to, you know, utilize the internet, utilize Twitter. A lot of the time on social media, lots of independent developers have been putting out their projects and they've been, you know, showing little bits and pieces of what they've been working on for the past few years. So I've seen a bunch of these grow out of, you know, like essentially just, you know, nothing as any game project does. But it's been really nice to see them, you know, properly get to blossom as they did last year. So, for example... One of these games, which I'd like to mention right now, it is called Chicory, A Colorful Tale. You may have heard of this. You may have seen this before. You might not have. Yeah, cool. Awesome. So, yeah, basically, you utilize these painting powers, and you can explore new places, solve lots of puzzles. You you are a sort of small little dog, (laughs) a small little, little dog dude, and, yeah. You're running around the world with this magical paintbrush, and you get to you get to use colors and paint the world, and use this to solve puzzles and solve problems and all sorts of different things. I've been looking at this for a long, long time, specifically because uh, the one of the main developers on it, like the lead, uh, uh, Greg Lobanov is his name. Like He's an independent developer, and he's been working for such a long period of time on a variety of different, really interesting games. He was also one of the people that was, uh, you know 
mainly heading up the game called Wonder Song that came out in 2018. If you guys don't know about that one, but he has a sort a certain kind of a there's a there's a certain type of a musicality, a vibrance that is in all of his projects, and it feels like you're playing like a coloring book, or you or like you're walking mm. around a world that is a giant. Um, like play place like for children but in a really nice way in a really cool way and yeah i've just been really interested about this person's work for such a long period of time i put in one of the videos for the trailer if you guys want to watch that as well but yeah they've got a really really interesting way of just making things feel so vibrant and fun and playful and interesting in a way that's quite cool because we often don't always see games like this that aren't really focused around like you know the act of like (laughs) <laughs> they actually like trying to actively like mm. kill or harm or you know endanger like another like, person or all all these types of things so i just want to sort of like start with this one just because it's a really cutesy fun like sort of like nice vibe i suppose just sort of like distance from you know people turning into cars and like trypophobia babies and all the rest <laughs> of these things yeah. we've got to <laughs> yeah we've got to got to reel it in like a little bit but yeah there's so many well, different thing, awesome games and this one well, also the to... sorry go Go, 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 go. Oh, no, no, you're good. One, one I thing I wanted go... to say is like... Oh, my God. We're never <laughs> going to make it <laughs> okay, work. Okay, okay. Like, you go like, first. Tom, stop with punishing yeah, me by first. voice, please. Like, I just I wanted know, right? to say that the, the, the Chicory soundtrack was made by Lena Rain that you might mm-hmm. remember for um, Celeste soundtrack. Correct. So that's a, also a very good reason to play the game. And no, James. Oh, okay. So what I was going to say was uh, one, one thing that I really liked about this is, uh, well, well, the one thing I was going to say is it reminds me of like, I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly, but I remember there was a channel called the USA Network that ironically was owned by Canada, I think, or a lot of the publications that came through it were like Canadian shows, but there were these things that they did for like kid segments and they had like 2D animation and something about this game reminds me a lot of like what that looks like. Uh, so there's like a very like comforting sort of uh, like feeling like throughout everything that you're doing in the game. And also, uh, this is something that I don't know if a lot of people resonate with, but like whether in old like traditional 2D games or like games that came from like an eight bitish era or like sort of fit into that aesthetic is something that. Uh, really resonates with me a lot uh like just they show like a little clip of like snow and it reminds me of that same feeling i had when i played like ninja gaiden 2 for like nes where like it's one layer of snow but like it conveys the feeling well enough that like you feel like that wintry feeling and uh, Mm. i kind of like that a game can be so like i guess like initially basic i mean obviously the work behind this is super intricate but like just like a sort of, like a very simple feeling can sort of like wash over you like when you're looking at a game and i think that that's like something that you don't see that often because i mean we're all talking about like hyper realism and everybody's doing all these things which all have their place but i really enjoy like being able to look at a game like this and uh sort of get captured and caught up in like the simplistic feeling of it so this is really cool Mm-hmm. I want to. Can I uh, rebound of just what you say? I, I played three games that were super colorful uh, and super fun, and uh, I wouldn't say all of them were relaxing, but some of them were. So I think you've all heard about a short hike, maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. Yes, yes. yes. That's a uh, that's no, a game where you 
it's a it's a game that lasts like three hours and basically you read your mom at the 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 uh, at the foot of a mountain and uh, no you're not with your mom you're by yourself oh no no you okay to, you want yeah, to call your mom and the only way to have um, to have your phone working is by going up in the mountain and it's basically a micro open world of an island where you have to go at the top of the mountain and that's like the most cheating game that you can Fine, that's so, 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 so relaxing. So uh, if you like, if you can't go out because uh, it's winter, it's raining, it's cold, and you just want, you know, to chill a little bit, that's the perfect game for this. It's not difficult. It's beautiful. If you look at the trailers, you'll see that it's very pixelated because there's like a kind of filter. But if you don't like that, you can actually smooth the game out of these things. And it looks like a 3D classic game. So yeah, please please try it if, to, uh, you, if you need this. To, to build on that, uh, I will start by asking, are you all familiar with uh, the band Japanese Breakfast? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, okay, because so... of the YouTube algorithms. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, Shout uh, exactly. The reason I, I mentioned that is because they actually did the soundtrack for uh, a game that was surprisingly one of my favorites was in mm. this vein. Have you all uh, heard or played of Sable? Yep. Yes, I was going to get into this. Oh, yeah. oh my yeah, god, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. My so, friend made this. Yeah, yeah. But but what you were talking about with like the kind of the the vibes of it and stuff, mm -hmm. I was thinking like what was the one that like chilled me out the most and like uh Sable was uh, one of those ones where like I, I like Japanese breakfast I knew a little bit about them and I, I I actually had that that moment where I was playing the game and I was like why does this feel so familiar to me and then at, at some point <laughs> later uh, I, I saw like a trailer afterwards um, because I, I ended up playing it not watching the trailer and the trailer was like soundtrack by Japanese breakfast and I was like of course <laughs> but it's it's yeah, such it a it's it's such a um, like I'm actually not a big fan of open world games, but I think this one actually, just like with Breath of the Wild, is one of the few that seems to really mm. understand how to how to build a genre that way, like how to take advantage of the open world thematically rather than it just being like an excuse to lengthen the game. No, absolutely. It's, absolutely, and it's also the uh, the the mob use. <laughs> the yep. game basically because yes. that's uh, yes. exactly the aesthetics of the the comic book uh, author Moebius that you yeah, it's, uh, know Gerard, for right? a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Sorry, mm -hmm. what? It's, it's kind of like the like uh, Jean Girard's art, right? Yeah, it's John Moebius yeah, is John Giraud actually. Yeah, oh, did he actually do it? Yeah. I, I didn't know it was. Uh... No, 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 it's, it's inspired uh, by his art. Yeah. They, they are the same person. Jean Giraud and Moebius mm. are the same oh, person. Oh, I did not know that. Um, okay. And because For some he reason, had, I thought they were separate. I didn't know that. No, they, they, he had two pen names depending on what he was doing. Like for all science, science fiction and fantasy stuff, he was uh, signing Moebius. And for more realistic works like uh, his um, Blueberry series, which is a Western, he signed Jean Giraud. So that's the reason why he's known for to. I... I legitimately thought they were separate artists <laughs> it's all good just like inspired by each other <laughs> now it's cool as well because like you actually are playing um like a very young girl and mm -hmm. she's going out on this like pilgrimage of sorts 
and she's basically just well you play as sable like, that's a, that's a girl's name but like her nomadic tribe has this uh, custom where like to transition into adulthood you need like a years long right the passage called the gilding and then you spend that time just going from like place to place around the world on this like harbor bike of yours and you just you know figuring out about yourself and about the world around you and it's really interesting it's there's a lot of cool things about it that i've seen that i've read and that i've heard and it's one of the games which i was going to mention a bit later on and stuff mm. but yeah like it's one of these games which doesn't come around um it doesn't come around often and like you feel mm-hmm. as you, you feel as if like just by looking at it you get sort of like whisked whisked away and stuff like that you get taken from you know where you're sitting into the actual world that you're looking at just so easily like everyone seems to love the art style and then they seem to love all of the gifts that were released over time i was going to mention this actually so i'm kind of glad that we got into it but like this is what i was going to talk about in a bit of like a wider way over the past year two years three years but especially we've seen the culmination of this last year like everyone's games that have been sort of shown bit by bit piece by piece on the internet or via screenshot saturdays via just you know the general sort of like indie hub of games that exists like on the various social media platforms and sites primarily twitter but other places too via tiktok as you can see as well we had a short conversation about this earlier. I've noticed this uh, this sort of like pipeline, but also this sort of like birthing period that occurs once every, you know, games just come out. Like once every two, three, four years, like we see the fruits of all of this labor. But if you actually get to, you know, find out about things at the right time or at the correct moment, you can sort of watch these games grow and take shape and take form over years and years of periods of time. Just like little months worth of like check-ins for that. They all add up and they all add in together. I was thankfully able to uh become friends with and actually end up speaking to gregorios who's one of the who is like the lead on this and it's one of the coolest things that i've ever been able to see just watching a game like this sort of like be built up bit by bit by bit piece by piece by piece and then sort of just see this beautiful blossoming of a project come to fruition another person who was involved in this in the narrative design sense that's a magna um giants and she is one of the coolest uh, narrative designers and writers i've ever like seen had the pleasure of speaking to like just an absolute like amazing uh, brain and mind in terms of this and just is able to weave so many cool interesting narratives i recommend everyone going on and following their twitter it's uh, at better the mask just like on twitter but uh, yeah like well what i'm getting at here is just the fact that like there are so many cool projects that have done so well last year especially in the indie scene especially in the indie yeah. sense we've seen this mm-hmm. giant step up not only just in quality but in in access to it for example another game you guys will have heard of uh, Valheim since we're speaking about like open like yeah. world games, like survival type yep, games, stuff yep. like that. That was one of the biggest games of its genre last year. It was absolutely huge, had a wonderful like early access uh, launch, and all of its stuff regarding its uh, what was the, what's the good word for this? It's a um, it's promotion, all, all of all, all of the hype surrounding it. It really sort of like snowballed so quickly. And I think that we're seeing this now more and more so with the advent of, you know, Discord groups, with the ad, with the advent of, you know, like people being able to really get on top of like hashtags and like actually be able to wield and control them properly with people taking social media curation and community building much more seriously. I think that we are in a really interesting space, especially for content creators overall but especially for people who make video games when we can see people actively forming communities before the games are released people have done this before for a long time but we're really starting to see how effective this can be within the last two three well especially last like year 
And I think that that's something which we can be much more excited about going forward. I think part of the reason that Valheim is also being held up as such a, a good example of this is this is one of the, the times where I think they're really showing how to do early access correctly. Like they're not treating it as like they have a buggy game and they just want to put it out or they want to charge earlier. Like this is something where they really did take in community feedback. They um, they didn't release a buggy product early on, um, at least like relative to what you might expect. So I, I feel like um, there, there's like obviously it's I'm not, I'm not as into survival from a, as a game genre perspective, but um, it was also one of those ones where the community is actually quite important because it's actually a, a game where you co- you you collaborate a lot with other people on the survival aspect. And there's I don't know if they're quite raised, but there's a lot of like events that require you to work together. Like it isn't uh, it's got a lot of aspects I think that make it feel very communal, um, and I think people appreciate that <laughs> especially if they can't get out like it's it's a weird kind of way to connect <laughs> oh by the way absolutely uh, can i can i plug another small game quickly let's get it okay i played a game called picuniku maybe you've yes. heard of it oh my gosh and, yes uh, yes and it's basically the most funniest game where you throw down capitalism Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like a, that, that, that's a, that's a game that looks like a kid's book made uh, in flash you know or illustrator like a, and basically you're you're a monster like you're 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 a small ball with two legs you came out of the cave and uh, almost everyone is afraid of you and and you're you'll befriend the inhabitants of a, of a village and after that there's someone uh in um in a spaceship that comes and it's throwing um, free money to everyone <laughs> and taking things like uh, land or trees or things like that. And everyone is happy because they have money, but they don't have anything to spend on it because they don't really understand what <laughs> what is the meaning of this. <laughs> and I have a screenshot of the game and there's an, a guy in the game who says, I don't think spreading free money everywhere is good for the local economy. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> like, yes, <laughs> <you> <laughs> <are>. <laughs> that's super funny because it explains to you what you know um, exploitation of resource is and uh, how they mm-hmm. how some basics economics work <laughs> and things like that and it's a, a platform adventure game it's it lasts like three hours i think and uh it's uh you can do it in an afternoon and it's it's super fun it's very, very I, fun, very I, funny. I don't know why that reminds me of the South Park episode where they have the aliens come and they give them space bucks, and they're like, <laughs> they're like space bucks are just worth whatever you thought they were worth. <laughs> okay. I, in the, and and playing this game in the year where you know NFTs and shit like that just exploded. Retrospectively, it, it, it's kind of strange, but uh, it's funny. Yeah, play this game. Piku Niku, it's called. So, fight yeah, also shout out, shout out uh, Arnaud, the, the creative director. Like, shout out to, shout, shout out to them. Like, there's a lot of really awesome... Um, there's, there's so many awesome games that, that come out and that stick in your mind and stuff. This game was uh, released uh, quite quite a short while ago, back in 2019, Jan- January January 24th, 2019. But yeah, like you just said there, it's a puzzle exploration game that takes place in a sort of strange, beautiful, playful world, and everything is not quite as happy as it seems, which is, as you've mentioned yeah. there, with regards to the various different vices that exist within Capital and all the rest of it. But yeah, like it's, a, it's really cool just to think about how these games, like 
they they stick within your mind like the moments within mm -hmm. them like the ways in which they look like the, the topics which they breach and all of these things like like i've just been saying before we're in this oh. sort of really cool sort of like almost like renaissance of sorts of like we're seeing these games now and we're seeing them like you know be able to stand up like on their own in a sense mm -hmm. and you don't have to have like you know the biggest uh the biggest push with regards to like a promotion or social media and stuff like that you, you don't have to but like they're sort of like getting this in a non in a non-artificial like way so it's all really organic the ways in which like these like groups and the ways in which these uh, communities are being grown and stuff it just feels very uh, much like a breath of fresh air like everything that we're seeing we're seeing it sort of like just as you would see in a game like Pikuniku or in other games it feels very natural it feels very you know like organic and just as if everything is being done in the in the correct in the correct way and it's just yeah you're seeing the the fruits of that labor come forth and we still speak about these games years and years later on because like i said before they're memorable and they are you know just very well put together products and i think that it's really nice to you know get to hear and speak about how all of these memories they stay with us but also like you just get to make a bunch more of them and we get to speak about really cool games like this just for just for fun and they stick with you forever so yeah, it's, it's super super nice hey 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 you speaking of something that will stick with you forever you know mm -hmm. where i'm going right i no? think so but say it yeah. tell me go on so i've played the most Beautiful Game Boy Advance game that never came out on Game Boy Advance this year, and it's not oh a recent game. It's Iconoclast because it came out yes. on the Switch, and that's like the most. Um, to, to be honest, I think it was one of the most surprising games because you know I was expecting a platform adventure game in 2D, like a, like a, a classic adventure game on the Game Boy Advance, and actually it's it's super deep. Like like the the name is Iconoclast, and basically. You may think, oh, okay, Iconoclast, like a, a different person or outsiders and things like that. And no, the, the, <laughs> the right definition is uh, people who were destroying, you know, religious paintings and things like that. And that's basically the game. Like, there's a big, big, big scenario in this. There are colorful characters. Um, there's a lot of sto stories. And that's incredible, actually. That's not, you, you would not expect that mm -hmm. at all from a kind of platformy indie game. It's like a full fledged product. It just chose to look like a Game Boy Advance game, but it's like a. Yeah, a double A game for me related it's, to it's the sprite art. Is, it's sprite art is on another level though. It's so yeah, great. yeah. It's made it's made by um by uh, Konjak. So Konjak is mm -hmm. Joachim Sandberg that you may mm -hmm. heard you may have heard of, and uh, beautiful game, beautiful characters. I love his character design. I love his drawing style. That's amazing. And the sound is great, the, the music is great. I think he spent eight years doing this game. And uh, that's, I really, really wasn't expecting this. That was one of my biggest surprises of the year. And on the Switch, ah. it's beautiful to play. So wanted to say that because I know you like, you know, as a sprite artist, of course you would love Game Boy Advance aesthetics and sprites, you know. But this game, Absolutely. Oh, oh la la, right, like so we say in French.
Oh la la, oh la la. Oh la absolutely. la. Absolutely. 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 So let me tell you guys a little something. Okay. So, oh man, a little bit cheesy, but I don't care. So, Joachim Sandberg, one of the people who I first found out about many, many years ago, literally like in 2008, I think, 2007, 2008, back when I first was, uh, you know, doing my little baby crawling around on the internet and stuff. And I saw <laughs> his website, I saw Konjak.org. He goes by Con- Konjak, is K O N J A K. But yeah, like all of the time, whenever I was looking online for anything cool, I would always, you know, t- I'd, t- I'd always take a note of it. I'd always, t- I'd keep like a little sketchbook, a little notebook. I would literally write down the websites that I liked like the most, or I'd put them in like bookmark folders and all that stuff, and I'd visit them every single day. So I found out about this person, and their work just spoke to me on such a deep level, even back then. The game that, we, that we're speaking about now, Iconoclast, it actually, funny, funnily enough, is kind of an extension of another project, and that project is called Ivory Springs. You might not know about this, but this I used to play this all of the time. This, in essence, is kind of like the baby version of what Iconoclast would like later grow on into. So he'd been making game projects for around like 20 years, mm. like prior to like that. So like he'd been doing like a lot of different things. He'd been doing a lot of different work with regards to things being both professional and personal, you know, areas and stuff. But yeah, he'd released other projects too. Another series of his was the Noi Two Love series, which was Noi also two, full yeah. of again other yeah yep yeah, which was another series full of high paced uh, action and lots of explosions and other beautiful art uh, and inventive bosses and pointer controlled gameplay and stuff. It even got uh, it even got um. Uh, what was it? It was a main category finalist at like, IGF 2008, I believe. Like back in, back in 2008. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, like I used to, I used to be all in that like religiously. But yeah, like with regards to this game and its pixel art and its and its animations, uh, Iconoclast is literally one of my absolute like favorite things I've ever laid eyes on. Like there are so many different unique animations for each different like character. The music is absolutely amazing. It has a kind of interestingly enough, you play as this character called Robin, and uh, she has like a big wrench with her that she utilizes mm-hmm. to turn uh, nuts and bolts and things like that. And the mechanics are very well, they're very mechanical, funnily enough to say. But um, she literally exists like as a mechanic in a world where you're kind of not allowed to be that. So it's a whole thing. I won't get into all that right now. But um. Yeah, like it's absolutely fantastic just to hear how much this game has like impressed you and how much you've had so much fun with it. Because like this type of stuff that I've seen, and I, I'll I'll say this now, for example, just because I just like how I feel. Like games like this and Owlboy and a few other projects from around like those periods of time and stuff, they'll always look good because of how well their creators understand the medium of pixel art. But not only just the medium of pixel art, but how well they understand artistic fundamentals themselves and how they apply this through their own stylistic prisms and they're able to sort of mix and blend and take so many different areas of reference from their own lives, real life that we see and, you know, allow these to follow through to their logical conclusion, like artistically. So what do I mean by this? So when we speak about, for example, like, you know, like squash and stretch and follow through and anticipation and all these different things, like when you watch like Robin running around or hitting things with her wrench and, or twisting things or jumping up and down, it's just art in motion like it's just absolutely amazing the way that she has a little falling animation that's just so fluid when she hits Mm -hmm. the ground she sort of does a little like 
fall and then okay i'm back up like it's it's not static and, or clunky it's just so fluid mm-hmm. another thing which i absolutely love about this game as well is just like the diversity of like area type and also the general just massive <laughs> massively impressive understanding of just like shading and like anti-aliasing and just like understanding the bounces between uh, certain shades of different colors too so for example like there is there are a lot of different areas and many different final bosses and stuff but some of my favorite areas within these games are some of the most bright and vibrant or for example some of them are just really quite sort of a dark or for example there's a place there's, there's a place called um glass straight which is really really cool and i absolutely love this as well but the fairy of shockwood it's it's basically this giant um it's this giant wood which is uh, full of like electricity and everything that's there, it's kind of run. It's, it's kind of like run on different like magnetic charges and just different areas that you can sort of like learn to, you know, traverse in different ways, utilizing different power-ups that you get through this wrench and stuff. But as I'm putting in some images here for you guys to take a look at, we can both see later on for people. But yeah, it's a there's, there's an understanding of like art here that I have always just found to be amazing and incredible. And this game, as was mentioned by Thomas, it took a it took a lot of time to like work on and properly like refine and hone. And it's a uh, you can see that you, you can taste it, you can smell it. It's a mm. full on experience and a delight. And I think that everybody should at some stage get to check this game out because it's one of the foremost. Uh, it's it's one of the foremost best developed in my mind for my money like indie games that i've ever seen in my entire life it's such a full well-rounded product uh, musically artistically just in terms of actual design and like mechanically yeah it's a it's, it's a fantastic uh, project and i've always 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 been hyper impressed by it i know that we were speaking about like, his artwork too and i think there's just such a specific type of a fingerprint when we speak about yeah. independent creators and stuff and i think that we should sort of give them the praise in which they deserve they deserve but also give the other people that like help them out too, like the praise in which they deserve too so for example like a lot of people will think that um when you're making like a when you're making a game when you're making a game like this like it's all just a uh, super simple right it's just it's just a single person oh cool like lots of easy lots, lots of easy work for them to do like no these things take lots of hard work and like lots of time to be made at all like creating like one level in a game can take a mass amount of time and for someone to do all of this with limited areas of like help from other people and then also to just be taking on such a massive area of this work themselves and stuff too yeah it's uh, it, it's amazing and i think that a lot of people should uh, a lot of people should play this for sure and i, I love hearing people dive back into indie games and stuff that the, that have come out recently and a little bit ago too and obviously like we just said with this being uh you know put out on switch and stuff as as, as i think where you played it on switch did you say yeah on the switch yeah on the switch that was it yeah on the switch so yeah like i just i just love seeing people get like sort of a uh, new experiences with these games it's just it's just super cool to see i, I yeah. was gonna say uh i mean i mentioned in the chat that i'm a huge fan of the the bosses in this game i actually yeah. uh-huh. started playing this game on a plane like i downloaded it like innocently um for some reason I th- it looked a little bit like um night war the the joe madera game and i thought it was going to be more like that but I was like on the plane playing it. I had a few things where when I would get to the bosses, I'd like audibly in the plane be like, holy shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like I had a few times where I died to the boss just because I was looking at the boss. Like there's, uh, I forget the name of it. I think it's like Mother's Cat or something. There's like a cat made out of um, like, like street signs and rock and whatever. And like there's some bosses in this game where you just get distracted by how well crafted they are while they kill you. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. 
I'd say if I agree, <laughs> I agree for, 100%. For, for me, this is mm-hmm. like um, a lot of people really talk a lot about like games like Cuphead, which is a beautiful, well animated, um, yeah, like side platformer. But there's 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 more there's so much more heart in the designs of Iconoclast, like the style. I, I didn't know as much about the creator, but I, I have was aware of this game and really enjoyed it. And then when I got home, uh, I don't play a lot of Switch games on my television because I think it's a much better handheld system. But like mm. the only uh, besides Breath of the Wild, this is one of the few where I'm like, actually, like, even though the sprites look amazing, like playing it on my television was actually something that I felt that I needed to do just to be able to see it bigger. And it really holds up well. It doesn't um, it, I mean, it looks really good on the smaller screen when you're you're holding your hand, you're just in handheld mode. But it, it's mind blowing how good the details are uh, in the mm. sprite art. Mm. And also, I insist, really, really insist, because when you're going to watch the trailer, or things like that, you're going to be like, oh, okay, it's a platforming game and all. No, no, that, there's a very elaborate story. There are a lot of characters, some of them very positive, some of them complicated, some of them very mm-hmm. dark. And it's, um, you, you really are, you really get attached to, to all these, those characters. And, and I was really, really sad to, to see the game end, to be honest. The game lasts like something like 10 hours. So it's not a long game, but uh, in 10 hours, you have the time to have good platforming, good puzzles, uh, super great bosses, and uh, yeah, good story and good characters. So yeah, uh, I think you should like listen to us and play this game if you're listening to this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Absolutely, like without without a doubt. Uh, honestly, it's a it's a it's a goal to like do like a full episode on this game. That'd be absolutely amazing for future. But like, yeah, I think because um, I'm I'm really glad that you actually mentioned this out of the blue because like I didn't even I was gonna mention this yet. But like, yeah, this is one of the one of the coolest like projects we speak about indie games for a bit anyway but one of the coolest projects that i've ever seen and one that really kind of encapsulates what it means to sort of like put yourself and your thoughts and your feelings and put your own stamp on a project and make it feel as if it's like literally from the heart that's what this is like to me at least i think it's Mm -hmm. exactly that so yeah definitely check it out yeah okay so who's next with 2021 I was gonna add a real mm-hmm. quick other Switch indie game that did not come out in 2021, but I still want to recommend it because we're talking <laughs> about it. Do it, do it, do uh, it. Have, have y'all played uh, Spirit Fair? Are you familiar with this game? Oh no, no, no but I know what it is. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, it was kind of it came out in like mid 2020, which was like a really apt time uh, because like mm-hmm. so Spirit Fair is is a really interesting game. I, I believe it's by oh, yes. it's by Thunder Lotus. Thunder Lotus. Uh, they also do mm-hmm. Jotun, and I forget there's another game they had that's pretty good. But it, it is um, uh, I don't I think it's on other platforms but the Switch, but it's really good on the Switch, and it's got like a it, it's kind of got like a um, a building management style game. But the the general story is that you're a uh, you're you're a fairy person in the afterlife, but you're you you have these souls that are effectively like um, for, like they're anthropomorphized like characters and you have to like feed them and help them and talk to them. It's a very chill game, but it's, it's like, it's really um, impacting for lack of a better term. Like it's very, very slow and very relaxing, but it's also uh, like, I, this game actually made me cry. Like it's uh, you actually have mm. to like ferry the spirits. And like, once you've kind of helped them through whatever particular conflict or issue they're going through, that's, that's stopping them from actually crossing over to the afterlife there's like a sequence for each character where you actually take them uh, and like generally there's like, like you hug them and then they are released and their spirit goes away. And it's 
so well executed. Uh, the music is really good. The gameplay is very well done. The, the sprite art is insanely good. Um, mm. And this uh, also the same kind of thing that uh, this reminded me of this was like with Iconoclast, like you might look at it and just see a platforming game. In this case, you might just look at it and see like a building game uh, or a management game. But it's really it, it, it hits on a lot of themes that are, I think, very mm. prevalent within uh, the 2020 uh, part one and part two. Um, mm-hmm. so, right. so it, it was a game that I wanted to make sure everyone recommends, especially if you're on the switch and you're trying to get games that are really going to, I don't know, give you kind of like a happy sense of melancholy, which I recognize are not terms that really work together, but it, it does <laughs> make you feel better about things by making you feel sad about them. I don't know how that works, but it's, um, I, I think they, they've actually released a couple of DLC patches since the game came out. So I know that they released content in, uh, 2021 but i i played it in 2020 but i wanted to recommend it because it's like a it's it's a it's an independent title but it's super well executed like uh uh really really well done that's all i got (laughs) Mm -hmm. great yeah okay richmond what about you yeah let's go richmond uh okay um uh i guess if we're if we're talking about games um i mean (laughs) My my choice is going to be uh, totally un- unsurprising and uncontroversial. Um, probably the, the sort of new game I enjoyed most this year was uh, the uh, the the re-release of uh, Shin Megami Tensei uh, Three. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yay! I just it was mentioned. <laughs> yeah. I, I, mean, uh, yeah, I wanted to play to to talk about it too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yes. I'm, yeah. I, I feel like I'm cheating here, but it's it's no. fine. We're it's total no, honesty. Not cheating at all. <laughs> it's it. a re-release of a game from uh, you know the aughts. Uh, one of my favorite PS2 games, and um, uh, it was one of the last uh, Megami Tensei uh, mainline games that uh, Kazuma Kaneko was like significantly uh, involved in, mm-hmm. and uh, just to you know, just to kind of kind of. Uh, echo the sentiments that have been brought up before um the reason i enjoyed this game so much um is it's very much it feels like an auteur game right like we're talking about all these indies um you know these games that feel like they're made by you know if not one person then at least like one person directing a very tight-knit group and um yeah that's the feeling i get from uh nocturne is that you uh uh, Kazuma Kanako is one of my favorite artists, yeah, all-time yes. favorite artists. I, 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 I got I, I got into his stuff from the, the very first Persona game way back in the day in the PS1. I just picked it up randomly. I, I had no idea at the time that it was offshoot of Megami Tensei. I just thought, oh, this looks cool. It's got a school setting. It looks different. I like the art. And it you know, blew my mind. Like It became hooked after that. And then, <laughs> uh, yeah, just I, I love his work. And nocturne is just it's so infused with um his sensibility you know because he was the main artist on the series for for years and years and um i find uh yeah just uh it's such a cool game um <laughs> just uh i don't know in, in case the listeners aren't familiar with it, it it's it's a re-release of a ps2 game um as far as i can tell it's pretty cool a pretty good uh, hd port um 
Yeah, uh, it, it's out for PC, Switch, you know, uh, PlayStation. I, I think it's probably on Xbox too. Um, yeah, so a PS2 game, they, I think they gave it some pretty good quality of life upgrades. Um, yes. You, you can you can't save well okay you you can get a temporary save so you can't create like multiple saves whenever you want there's still save points but you can quit the game whenever you want and it's not you know you're not going to lose your data um and then another significant thing is they um they streamlined the demon fusion uh, fusion a bit so so um the the game's all about like talking to demons recruiting demons to your party the core gameplay and and that that's in recent years that's been super influential. Right? That that was the core inspiration for uh, Undertale, right? The whole conversation system there, and then um, uh, really like it's it, it's sort of a precursor to Pokemon, right? It's it's all about like capturing you know these monsters, using them in your party, knowing like the uh, different elemental affiliations, the advantages and disadvantages. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, and then on um, unlike Pokemon, uh, rather than uh, well, so your demons can evolve. You, you can keep one in your party. Sometimes they will actually level up and evolve, but most of the times you actually have to fuse them uh, with other demons to evolve them. And there's a very complex system there. And in the PS2 version, when you fuse two demons, like you would, the abilities would be randomized. Oh. So, um, uh, you know, know that. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. I mean, that game was hardcore. <laughs> so yeah. you just have to try yeah. your luck because. Um, uh, so you could either recruit demons, right, which would have their standard abilities, or you could try to uh, fuse them and 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 get. Then you know it's the equivalent of Pokemon breeding. You you would get yes, I can move a demon with an yeah. unusual, a really unusual ability for that demon. Um, and uh, in the PS2 oh, version, it was randomized, and then in the uh, in, in the new version and in the new Persona uh, games and Megami Tensei games, you have some level of control over what you can carry over. Um, so yeah, that was a little quality R of life. Richmond, this might send yeah. you off on a, a tangent. But you're kind of talking a little about demons, and uh, one thing that I think is really interesting about the Shin Megami, like the entire series generally, is that <laughs> it's it takes place in like a post-apocalyptic Tokyo, but it kind of addresses the battle between angels and demons. We kind mm -hmm. of poked at it, I think, when we talked about Bayonetta and like. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> the other game that, that will not be named at the moment that Thomas mentioned uh, mm. <laughs> regarding angels and demons. Uh, but I, I think it has like a super unique voice in the way that it approaches that subject material. Like it's, I think it's like no other angel and demon type of imagery or, or approach that you've seen. It's um, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually I, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Cause I mean, I, um, to, to me, the angels and demons, that's sort of a, like, I, you know, I, I, I didn't move to to America till I was like five. Uh, I, I grew up Buddhist, um, so that that was something I came into a little bit later. Um, you know, it, it's still. I mean, growing up in America, you just it, it, you get so intimate with that imagery. But like Sean, you you were um, uh, uh, Catholic for a good part of your life, so I, I'd love to hear your insight on how uh, the Megami Tensei games handle that kind of thing uh, differently from other things you've seen. I, I feel like it needs a whole episode. Yeah, yeah. In relation to what we're talking about, I think um, Nocturne is the third one, right? The um, third mainline yeah. game, yeah. yeah. Um, I, and I don't, this may just be like me not being exposed material, but I, I feel like Nocturne was the first game where there were people that were calling it blasphemous. Um, oh, really? And, well, because it, and I'm, I, I don't, I'm trying to think of how to, 
I feel like I have to gather my thoughts to really break it down, but uh, it's a very atypical way of depicting demons and angels is, is kind of what I was getting at. Like, if you look at, um, I don't know, a, a game like, you know, like uh, even like a Devil May Cry or that, that kind of style, it's a little bit more classical. Like, I, I feel like there's a, there isn't too much of a Western Eastern approach to angels and demons. I think a lot of classical angels and demons are very Western styled. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the few ones that I think has a distinctly um, Eastern feel, but not, not because it's a, a Japanese game or anything like that, but it really, uh, it takes a much more sympathetic look also at the, at the conflict. Um, I feel like at no point do you, do you feel um, that what you're doing in terms of the way that you play into the story is particularly evil or particularly bad like there's a lot of there's a lot more balance to it if that makes sense yeah um, uh, oh yeah i i just want to say real quick like um I, I i do think that's one of the things that separates the game it's not like just you know good and evil it's not like oh no the demons are the good guys the angels are the bad guys it's like or it's not like oh you know this moral choice like do you, do you kill this person or not it's it's about philosophy right yeah. it's not about like is this morally correct or not it's like what do you want to do like you you're you're in this post-apocalypse and it's it's horrible but like it's also like law of the jungle you, you have a weird like as long as you're strong you can do whatever you want so you have this weird level of freedom and it's just like what do you believe in like what are you going to fight for and uh yeah it's a very very different take i think mm-hmm. what, what is original yeah. sorry go 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 oh no no i was just going to talk about like the it, we kind of talked about it. the entire gameplay loop has you effectively recruiting demons to save the world and i feel like there's a and it's just this interplay there that i think is really interesting and, and i feel like the art style really supports it and i wish i could articulate why i think that it just feels um it it, it actually i think it articulates that balance very very well it, like it doesn't it doesn't feel like you're doing something evil by by recruiting demons even though they are like distinctly pretty <laughs> bloodthirsty like they're, they're they're not nice demons it's not like it, it dumps yeah. them down or anything yeah. yeah that something that's interesting also in this game is that you know the basically it's the end of the world at the mm-hmm. at the start of the game you know and you are in a in a kind of tokyo who's trapped into a ball or something like that and um and you're not alone like other characters that you knew are inside this devastated tokyo and all of them they make choices that are like richmond said very very philosophical like one might choose to try to shape the new world uh, based on strength someone else will try to shape it to avoid fear uh, or lack of control for example and all of all around you, you it's it's not a very talkative game you know there, there's not a lot of scenario in the modern sense but it even for a game that is 20 years old it's very good still very good because everything is clear mm. all characters talk to you about their motivations and you kind of understand them and you feel empathy for them even if you don't see them a lot and um, I don't know, I, I felt that the, um, the game had a lot of things to say, despite not talking a lot, you know, like there's more, it feels like there's more scenario and characters development in uh, Iconoclast than in uh, this game, you know, 
but uh, oh, yeah. yeah, it was it, it was it, uh, it's very low on dialogue and plot yeah. for an RPG, actually. Yeah, but they are all very impactful, you know. Yeah, and some of them, and sometimes there is also a bit of uh, environmental, you know, storytelling with the with the places you visit and things like that, and. It aged quite well, maybe except for the the, the grind and the, the the dungeons, because the dungeons are basically just the same uh, wall, tile, ground, and <laughs> and roof uh, repeated uh, infinitely. But uh, there's a if you if you want to, to try it, uh, do like me, download the the easy mode, but don't activate it uh, to play the game because if you activate it, like all enemies will do 50% uh, less damage or something like that, and you will do 50% more damage, and you oh, will yeah. earn a shit ton of um, of experience each time you beat, uh, you, you win a fight. And this game, Richmond, you know, it's, it's very well known for having, you know, um, some form for people eating some walls of difficulty sometimes. Mm. The, mm. the first one being the, the Matador, the, the, yes. uh, the yeah. uh, famous boss with basically a, a skeleton with a Matador outfit and, uh, and uh, you have to beat him and uh, he's part of a series of uh, bosses that are almost optional, I think. Most of yeah. them are optional, but he isn't. And uh, it's the first difficulty wall you hit. And if you don't want to grind it, I think you're in the... In the um, you're in a place that is super ugly and it's not, you know, good to grind in this game most of the time. So when it happens, you just activate the easy mode. You will do like five to ten fights and you will earn the double experience that will allow you to go back to the boss. You reactivate normal mode and you will have an inter interesting fight because if you go easy mode all the way, you're going to get bored very, very fast. And uh, the fights are super fun in this game. You know, the, yeah. the combinations of demons, the, the, the you have to use something like weakness and, uh, and, and uh, resistance and <laughs> things like that, like all the time in this game to avoid dying. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but yeah. grinding is not fun by today's standards. So just activate easy mode, grind in easy mode, reactivate normal mode, continue your game, and you're going to enjoy it a lot more. I yeah, yeah. I I, I just want to say um, I, I actually think the core gameplay is aged really well. And yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, one yeah, thing yeah, I like I about it is um, if if you pay attention, you don't need to grind that much because it's no. uh, 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 very very much like Pokemon. It's just about knowing your matchups. And um, it's got this really great system where uh, if you get a critical hit on someone, which is usually by knowing what their weakness is, uh, you, you get an extra uh, action point. So and then you can keep stacking them, right? So it's, it's all about like uh, playing to your advantage. It's, it's you either win really decisively or it's just like a slog. <laughs> uh, and I actually really like that. That's how the game's balanced. And just to, to the game's credit, like that Matador fight, I love it because it's, um, they do something, uh, I, I thought it was really clever. Like they, they kind of, you know, they ease you into the game. They uh, teach you about the elemental stuff. 
And then um, for the most part, like uh, before you fight Matador, like everything you're fighting is going to be weak to electricity. And you're mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, I'm just going to like boost that. And then you fight him and he, he absolutely is not weak to electricity. And he has like every elemental advantage to over most of the demons that you would have in your party. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, like he's the first person you encounter that um, he plays like how a human player would. He's optimized his stats and he stacks attack on attack after you. And if he knows your weakness, like he'll kill you in like one or two rounds. You know, and it's like it's it's turning the tables on you, right? Like you were yeah. gaming the system up until then, and then he's like, it's like, oh no, like these guys can do it back at you. I, I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. So just I think you have to grind in this game when you made the wrong choices, basically. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. that's basically why you have to grind. It's not like you don't have the level or things like that, but you probably did not choose the right spells or thing or, or else. So you have to, to change that, but you can't go wrong with uh, weakness and um, uh, agility. You know when you want to uh, avoid attacks. Uh, I th those two or three spells like can carry you <laughs> through all the game. <laughs> That's frightening. Anyway, yeah, I I will say that um, part of what I think makes it hold up as well. So it's, it's got a very similar feel. To some of its contemporaries like if you look at like um like a lundra 2 or like the lagaya series like it has this kind of open 3d world with like a turn-based combat system mm -hmm. um but but it's it kind of uh there's there's more complexity underneath it um but i don't know i i, I kind of have gone back to really appreciating uh, especially here i think the um we've obviously talked at length about um how when you're using like a lower end platform like from an artistic perspective not not relying too much on the lighting engine and actually doing a lot of uh yes shading yourself and this is a game where i think that even the the dungeons themselves hold up very well because they use a lot of the shape of the geometry as the the, the kind of the 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 overall outset and that's why i compare it to mm -hmm. alundra and Lagaya, where like they knew what their polygon limits were um and oh, they yeah. knew where to apply the textures and i think it, it makes all of it hold up well because yeah. um because they use like a lot of really good stylistic choices, and, and I mentioned it as part of the the gameplay because I, I realized it. I was like, man, why does it make me feel like like cozily playing these old PS2 like turn based games? Other than it has those same mechanics, and I was like, you know what? It's it's kind of the respect of the the 3D space that they're using. Um, it just has a, mm -hmm. a certain kind of register that um, feel I don't know feels really good to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think the reason I like revisiting a lot of old games, it, it's not no, it's not just nostalgia. I mean, I'm sure that's at play, but it's like you go back to it and you learn, you see new things to appreciate. Like for me, that's mm -hmm. where the, uh, the the joy and even the comfort comes from. It's like it's familiar, but I'm noticing new things about it. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, like not in the same genre, but like I've been having a sort of a I don't know, like this long journey through uh, old arcade beat-em-ups. Uh, you know, not Final Fight, not Streets of Rage or anything like that. Like some of the lesser known but quietly bombastic uh, titles and uh, just learning a lot more about what went into those games in terms of like pixel art, in terms of uh, sound direction, music direction, um, like I've been on this journey of just sort of rediscovering Jun uh, Junya Nakano uh, 
their music that they've done. Uh, like I, I think I talked to you guys about like Mystic Warriors. Like it's a Konami uh, oh, yeah. beat 'em up that I guess has like a similar engine to like the Turtles games, or at least like the it's made in the same engine. But it's got like different uh, it, uh, approaches to it. I think it, it, it was a follow up to uh, Sunset Riders. I think. Yes. Yes. There's actually a, a stage in that game where you're fighting in like a drive-in theater lot space, and people are actually watching a Sunset Riders movie. Oh, that's awesome! So like, there's like little things like that that maybe you didn't notice, you know, like right away, like whether it's gameplay or like artistic. Uh, I kind of resonate with that same sentiment that you're having that like, you know, there's something about it where it's familiar, but you go back and you sort of learn more about those games. Uh, I mean, like with the X-Men game that was made by Konami, like, you know, I go back and I look at some of the intricate attacks that like Storm had. I was like, yo, she's stabbing people. Like (laughs) I've never seen Storm (laughs) stab somebody, you know, like, so yeah, I, I, I resonate with that, uh, that feeling it's like yeah i think that's one of the cool things about now it's like there's so many games that are coming out that are great but there's also games that have come out that a lot not a lot of people had a lot of access to uh for like different reasons just because of how games were distributed because i didn't play mystic warriors in the arcade like i found out about it and then i you know got it on like fightcade and was just like wow this game is awesome you know, just started like messing around with it. So it's like, it's a really unique time that we have, even though we're talking about like 2021 in general, uh, there's so many ways to play games now. There's so many ways to experience them that, uh, it's just really cool. Dude, dude, we, we gotta, we gotta play that game together on Fightcade and record it because I've been meaning to play it. I, I've, I, I remember reading about it ages ago in EGM. Like, uh, I, I saw they had a couple screenshots. The characters look really cool. They were like There's... skiing downhill and like shooting stuff. Oh, and I was like, man. this game looks insane. I got to play this. And, it's, it's, you know, I still have it. It's like if you, it's like if you love the uh, dynamism of like Strider arcades, like this game is like that times a thousand. And then it feels like some unreleased OVA. Like someone took the concept or story <laughs> of an OVA anime and turned it into a beat 'em up game, and uh, like that's a that's a particular feeling that you just don't really get uh, often, or even in the era that beat 'em ups happened, you didn't get that all the time. And uh, Mystic Warriors definitely, I have kind of fallen in love with that game and its soundtrack. Uh, Junya Nakano is like amazing. Uh, also, since we're shooting out like links and stuff, uh, they have a Bandcamp of uh, music that they've done uh of course after you know because i mean if you work for a company like konami or anything like that like i'm pretty sure they have a strong hold on any sort of work you've done for them but you get to hear the music that nakano likes to make in general and it's very different from the music that was provided for those games so it's kind of interesting to see uh how their work music was and then like the music that they genuinely like to make and how like vastly different it is mm-hmm. uh but yeah, yeah like if you just go to Bandcamp and just search junior nakano it's j-u-n-y-a-n-a-k-a-n-o uh all of their uh music is on there that they've made specifically for uh Bandcamp. um i don't think there's any like i said i don't really think there's anything like official from like their old games and stuff on there but like it's just music that they make in general so 
I just wanted to shout that out because I've been having awesome. some really cool experiences listening to their music. Nice. Got to check that out. Uh, real, real quick, I, I just want to say one more thing about Nocturne before we move on. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just realized something right now while we were talking about, like, revisiting, you know, old games and then noticing new things. Like, one of the things that stood out to me about Nocturne, uh, there, there's a pair of characters that I always thought they were amazing. Um, like, it's slight spoiler, not really, because, like, you meet them right at the beginning of the game. Uh, there are these two characters that are crucial to the game, and when you first meet them, it's a, it's a, it's a young woman um, in black. She's got, like, a funerary veil on, and she's, you know, she's the assistant. She's helping this old man in a wheelchair, uh. and, and they're both very <laughs> refined-looking, right? And they're pretty c- crucial characters. And then later, they reappear, and... You know it's them right away, but suddenly it's a very old woman and a little boy, and somehow you just know they're the same people. And also, like in my memory, I'm like always from the moment I saw those characters, I was like, "That guy's that that's the devil. That's that's Lucifer." <laughs> and I only realized just now it's like they never tell you that in the nope. game. They never actually name him. He's never referred to as that, but it's like, it's so obvious the moment you lay eyes on him. And it's like, wow, they did that without explicitly spelling it out. It, it, it was just so obvious in the art design, even though it's such an unconventional way to portray that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, to me, that's just like, yeah, that's that's the kind of thing that really stands out to me about that game. Just incredible mm-hmm. art direction. That That's one of the yeah. things that I really enjoyed about it is that, you know, some games are very explicit about their story, their characters, things like that. And it's, you know, with today they try to retake, uh, you know, old ideas, old movies, old games. And they're, they're like, we're going to make a prequel or a sequel. Or we're going to explain this and explain this and explain that. And you're like, you can also not explain anything sometimes or not much. Yeah. So it has, you know, a little bit of mystery or something like that. And I think the, the, the quite the opposite. I like how Nocturne, you know, tells you a lot of things, but not everything. And uh, th- there are some terms that are quite strange. You're like, yeah, what is this thing? What is this kak- kakutsushi thing? Something like that. And you're like, what's going on? But it's the opposite of, um, of Final Fantasy XIII, where you don't understand anything, and everyone is speaking with the uh, Jumbo Monjo. I think you say that in English, and you you, you never understand what's going on because uh, people call I don't know a cat, Schwangalang, uh, uh, and you're like, what what the fuck? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> ah, okay, so that's a cat. Why didn't you call it a cat? Well, in in the law, it's like, no, no, okay, stop, stop. You you don't have to rename every object, animal, creature, or, you know, divinity. You can just stop. And uh, I like that Nocturne is strange and weird, but still you, you can grab what's going on, you know? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, super duper recommend it. <laughs> Sounds pretty good to me. We we yeah. will we will do an episode on it. We we, we will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, well, you know what's quite funny? Because like, 
we, we've just been speaking about like, the past so much, and this is a game that's kind of like so firmly rooted in that. But it's just mm. like at the same time, so much of this that was from what I've been reading, I've been reading whilst you guys have been speaking, just read some articles about this fight, about the Mado fight, and about like a few things of this game. I've not played any of these games and I've wanted to for quite some time anyway. But yeah, so much of this seemed very like ahead of its time. Like this game originally released in like, you know, two thousand three, like just February twentieth, it says here on PS two. It's like that was a long this was quite a long time ago, like almost 20 years ago next year. So it's going to be like, you know, the anniversary properly soon. But it's like, it's really interesting just to see how so much of this, like I said before, how much it stuck with people and how much people refer to this as like a masterpiece of like design and how interesting these apocalypse, these apocalyptic themes you know, are and how resonant they are for people today and stuff, even still, and how intelligent it is in the soundtrack and all the rest of it. Yeah. I'm just really, uh, I'm, I'm hyped to hear about how, you know, how much, how much this will mean like to me once I've played it, once I've played it and stuff and just mm. thinking about that's really cool. But I just like to see, I've just been posting in some memes as well that I've seen about it. Like it's really cool to see see how this character exists throughout different generations of memes as well it's kind of <laughs> odd because like i've been thinking about this whilst i've been looking at these like i i go on the internet all the time duh because i'm just always on it but it's like i'm looking at different meme like formats and like there are multiple generations of like meme format that i've been looking at here and like <laughs> things that are like multiple like years apart and like they're all featuring like the matador and it's just really funny to think about how all of that time people have been speaking about oh wow i can't wait for a whole new generation to get stuck on the matador fight or yeah i can't wait for people <laughs> to read about this too like so yeah i think there's a there's a really cool element of that that's sort of you know as we've been speaking about just you know the review of like last year or games which we thought about for a few years or two three years or whatever like it's just nice to hear and see that demonstrated in a very funny but also like you know real way just you know memes and how uh you know they, they span through time and stuff so yeah, it's pretty interesting yeah yeah but yeah but i want to spin off that real quick though and just think as okay. we're gonna we're gonna wrap up today, yeah, but i want to spin off that and go through a few things from 2021 or prior that instead of like you know we've not We've spoken about things which we've played, or a little bit of things which we've which we've just found out about last year. But like now, I want to speak a bit more about things which we want to try out next year. So, for example, like if, does anyone have any plans to try anything new which they heard about last year, or just before then? Or I yeah, who's going first on this one? All right. Uh, so, what what, I, what do you want to play this year, I, or do I this have, year? I have committed the terrible sin of not playing Hades yet. And mm -hmm. playing what? I Hades. Hades. Oh, oh my! What? Yeah. What? Um, yeah, what? I have. After I after all the things I told you about, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That, that that game is like, yeah. oh, that, yeah. like, that 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 game as James Stanley printed on it. <laughs> Angry yeah. Thomas like, noises. <laughs> like yeah. like like oh. Oh, yeah, oh I, I'm I'm going to uh, return you your in, in disinherit you something like that. I don't know the English word, but you you, you won't have your heritage <laughs> from me. That's yeah, over. yeah. You, you, you've, you've dishonored him. You, you yeah, upset yeah. him. Yeah. I <laughs> and I understand over. the the horribleness of not having uh, played it. This so guy is I'm... playing Alpha Two every day, and he because hasn't played Hades. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what the? F it's like, oh, oh, oh I, I, I played my, I played my Orange Ninja again today, and I'm like, oh yeah, good, good, James. But he hasn't played Hades yet. Like, what are you doing with your life? What is going on? 
I'm rushing people down with an But you can ninja. rush people down in Hades and being only at the same time. <laughs> that that does sound pretty, pretty menacing, actually. Yeah, yeah, but that that's good. That's good for you. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, I, it's like in the midst of like changing careers and all that. I just haven't had the time. But I do, I do rush people down with an orange ninja a lot. So I definitely have time to fit that, fit that into my life. So I think he's I more of a deep ninja, red, deep red ninja. I don't know if it's orange. Mm. Well, deep red was probably Final Fight. I think. But I think we need an episode for that. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> yeah, we need an episode for that. I gotta talk about that in a separate episode. Let, less, I, let, less, less guy. More, more Nicks. You know what I mean? More, more. Yeah. More, 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 if you like Lady Demistriku, oh my God, you're not prepared for what you're going to for Lady Nicks. <laughs> Okay. But you aren't, you aren't, you aren't ready. You, you aren't, you're, you're not ready for these character designs. I'm telling you, you need to get okay. into that. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, I've made it, made it my part of one of my missions in 2022 is to uh, actually get some time to sit down and actually play it and enjoy it because I like everything that I've seen about it. I like everything I've heard about it, and it's just one of those games I gotta. I gotta play. So just, just <laughs> wait until you hear Megara's Meg's uh, voice. And uh, you'll never be the same man, man again. Oh, oh! It'll 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 actually make you happy. I haven't spoiled myself in any way. I haven't looked at any yeah. YouTube videos. I've only seen like the trailer. That's it. Like I haven't looked at anything. I don't know. I know nothing going in. So I think the, the, that's a very sexy game, you know. But I think the, oh, yeah. the most sex the most sexy thing in this game is a is a is a voice. Mm. So mm. All right. absolutely. Yeah. I look yeah. forward to it. I definitely <laughs> look forward to it. I'll let you guys know when I buy it and everything. Like I'll, okay. it'll be on Twitter, and I'll like I, at you guys and be like, "You'll you'll say finally in like French and in English, and it'll be great." If it makes you feel any better, James, well, I, I was actually quite resistant to play it as well, especially because I'm not into roguelikes, which it does have a lot of elements of. But um, it's actually way better than it has any business being. <laughs> I, 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 I feel like share that's about the Oh, go ahead. Yeah, so, so I found this tweet from like a bit ago. Basically, this there was a bit of a funny meme about this. Like initially in a Hades like pre-production, there was like a bit yes. of art that contained some ideas that they didn't end up you know utilizing and pursuing. So like yeah, they were gonna have initially an idea surrounding a completely nude protagonist <laughs> in an ancient Greek context. So like that was right. initially yeah. like an idea. The characters could have been much more naked than the, yeah. than a like and we everyone see almost everyone uh, will have been naked like in the, you know like in the 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 um, uh, beauty, Greek beauty of celebration of the body and mm -hmm. things like that I mean, yeah. mm. and, and they were like okay everyone needs to be naked in the game <laughs> and after that they were like oh man we have to sell this game <laughs> Do you know what? I have I've a, I have a thing about this just very, very quickly, especially just with regard to like the rise, the sort of meteoric rise of, of, uh, of uh, fandoms uh, surrounding games. A lot of the time, when a game has, you know, attractive characters or traditionally attractive characters in them, like the fandoms within them, they seem to like burst, like blow up like much, much quicker, I find, or in certain mm -hmm. specific ways. So, for example, like games like, uh, like the, the, the Fire Emblem series, uh, games like Genshin Impact, like games like mm -hmm. Hades and stuff, like we see so many people stand these characters and like everyone talks about how hot they are and i think that's kind of like a it's like a slice strat to like get like extra people like interested in what it is that you're doing just like mm. getting people 
getting the eyeballs on the game like you want the conventionally like attractive like characters and you want you want the you want the people to you know capture the horny energy as it were so yeah i think <laughs> i don't know, I, I think it's very interesting <laughs> yeah i mean like see, yeah. listen like you look at some of these character designs and it's like damn like these are very well drawn characters like they've got all different kinds of body shapes body types all yeah. different kinds of skin tones some really interesting shape designs and like with regard to shape language there's all sorts of conversations we had there like, like yeah really really well done like James, uh, if if not by taste, just play play eighties just as a professional, you know, like <laughs> as a, no no, but as a professional um, character designer and uh, yeah, and all that. There's so much lessons and things you can get from this game. It's impressive. Like it's um, really really impressive. So yeah. Just, uh, just I will it. Yeah, pl- play it for research, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, play it for research. Yeah, yeah. I will you know? yeah. professionally ingest this game for research. <laughs> <laughs> for, how... sci- for the scientific process. For, yes, science. for the science. Science. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anything else, James? You want to play this year? Uh. Hmm. Well, I mean, outside of... I mean, fighting games are, like, kind of... That's breathing, so I don't count that, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah so, that's breathing. Uh, so, outside of that... Breathing. Um, <laughs> outside of breathing, um, I feel like I feel like Hades is on top of that list. Uh, the new... I think... Is there a new Horizon Zero Dawn that just came out not that long ago? I don't think it's, it's out yet. It's, oh, it's oh, not oh, out yet. yet. Yeah. It's not out yet. It's, I, it's, due to, it's due to be released. I really love how that game looks, and it feels like... It's like, if I don't want to make the Monster Hunter commitment, like, <laughs> I can play this game and not, like, go into the tall grass and never be seen again. Because, like, I fear that with Monster Hunter. Because, I, like... I was going to say a quick aside on Horizon Zero Dawn. That was actually one of my games that I played in 2021. But I, I bought it when it came out. And I, like, kind of played a little bit of it. And it just didn't work for me. And then I was like, you know what? 2021, I'm going to give this a chance. And I ended up playing literally everything. Like, at this point, <laughs> I have done 100% of everything you can do in the game after I got past, like, the opening. Um, when you when you really, like, when you play it, first of all, um, play, play it, like, on the hardest difficulty and take all the challenges super seriously. The combat, okay. the combat is way more deeper than it looks. And as you get, like, actually into some of the expansion content as well, um, the enemies start getting much smarter, not just in how they they react to you, but also like what tactics you need to actually bring them down. It's such a it's such a satisfying okay. combat system. So I'm actually really excited to what I've seen in Forbidden West trailers because they've clearly embraced the nonsense of like let's come up with animals that like what if you you fought like an elephant, you know? And but they you know they had to come up with that. Um, and I think they have a couple ones that can transform now while you fight them, oh, which wow, is super okay. fun. So I and and uh, I think they've they've really like moved outside of just having a the bow and arrow uh, like attack system. So I'm actually pretty excited mm-hmm. for how they've evolved mm-hmm. it. So I just more just wanted to say that that's a game where I actually know a couple other people that didn't really get past the opening, but uh, the game is so worth giving a chance for sure. Yeah, I yeah. think. I mean, I think 
I've always looked at Horizon Zero Dawn like that series. I was just like, man, this this is really cool. Like, I think I would like this stuff, but I, I always had that thing of like, okay, well, how much, how much am I gonna sink into this game? And because that's the same, that's the similar fear that I had about Monster Hunter. Because Monster Hunter, I mean, there's different. Like, Monster Hunter is like the most like compartmentalized drug. Like, you there's so many different ways for you to play Monster Hunter and just get lost in it. And I was just like, man, like. I still have so much stuff I got to do. So like, I don't want to like get caught up and just walk into the tall grass, so to speak. But like, I feel like horizon zero dawn is like probably manageable enough for me. I'm like, all right, I can play this. (laughs) And then like, you know, if I want to make that sort of like, you know, decision to be like, yo, how come you don't fight Kate anymore? Well, you know, like it it, it becomes like whatever, but I think those are two games that I've been kind of eyeing, uh, mostly, because uh, like I said, fighting game-wise, I mean, that's just normal, typical stuff, but, like, there's other games that have been, like, kind of catching my attention, and those two are, like, at the top. Nice. Mm. So what about what you, Agent? Okay. Oh, my God. There's so many... <laughs> just, there, there's there's so many cool games that I wanna that I wanna check out honestly. Like there's uh that sorry that are there are many. There's also the films that I've been thinking about too. But if we just keep in a game specific, obviously, yeah. I'm trying to think now. I know for a fact that Horizon uh, Forbidden West is going to be one of the most beautiful games that will be coming out. That's for sure. That's for sure. But another one which I've been thinking about recently, of course, of course. Elden Ring, of course, I got to go in yeah, there. I have to mention course. it again. I just must. I've not. I I I was lucky enough to play it. Uh, I, we've had a whole podcast about it, and yeah, I've just really not stopped thinking about it. Honestly, quite funnily enough, it's one of the games which I have just. Yeah, it just it whisked me away, and I think that especially with like the abilities with regards to like magic and the sorcery, and also the the, the other areas that you can utilize uh, the miracle systems in and stuff, and like the face system, like I think I'm just gonna really have a lot of fun expanding upon those and really getting into seeing how far it is I can go with different routes of characters as well. So, for example, you have different classes. I think we did get to speak about this before. But, yeah, I'm just really, really intrigued by that aspect specifically. Because, like, combat's always fun for me. I love martial arts. Another one of the picks that I have for you guys I'll speak about in a second. But, like, yeah, I'm very interested in just seeing how people fight each other and, like, the strategies and the abilities to think about combat and conflict and how it is that we can strategically, you know, move past the the problems that we present each other in, like, in physical form. I think it's just amazing to sort of, like, do that in a in a video game sense. So Elden Ring, with its uh, player versus player system as well, I was thinking about possibly getting into that at some stage. Like, I missed out on all of the other Dark Souls games. Like, I never really played them very much. So I was thinking to myself, I was like, hey, this is going to be the game that, like, I really, like, dive into. I'm going to be, like, invading people. I'm going to play with my friends. I'm going to, you know, have a good time with it. I'm going to get invaded. I'm going to fight people a bunch. And, yeah, it'll be it'll be quite cool to see how that feels and see how that, uh, see how I react to doing all of that stuff. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You guys going to pick that game up? Yeah, I think I'm going to pick it, yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just awesome. It's just really, really cool. All those spells, yeah. all those incantations and stuff. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be a lot of yeah. fun. I've got, I put in a few yeah, videos sure. a while ago, but just yeah, just dropping that one in again. That one's gonna be, it's gonna be fire. And then another one which I was thinking about as well, randomly because obviously I have to. Uh, I don't think it's even out yet. I don't believe that it is. 
One second. I'm going to check. Let me, let me check if it's out yet really quickly. I don't think it's out yet. Yep, not out yet. Cool. Oh my gosh, it's out soon. Okay, so I can talk about it. So the game which I will be speaking about, uh, the game which I will be uh, talking about right now, is Sifu. Oh, uh, no, stop it, picking it, my games. Ah. It's too late. It's <laughs> I'm too, I'm, I'm too <sighs> good. I'm too good at it. I'm too good the at it. That, that's why you can't trust the British. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, just yoinking, yoinking, your, uh, yoinking your ideas. Uh. But yeah, uh, yeah. no, so I've been thinking about this game for quite some time. And even just whilst I was mentioning just the idea of, you know, martial arts and stuff like that, just sort of transition into it somehow there. But the idea of each time, what is it? I think it's every time you die, you get a bit older yeah. in this game, I believe. Yeah. That was it. So yeah, like the idea of that. Yeah, the, the idea of that being, you know, visually represented as time passes by in the, you know, game sense as well, as well as mechanically. I think it's going to be really interesting. I was wondering yeah. actually about if you actually would end up being, like, slowed or if certain aspects yes. of your fighting styles would change. That would be mm-hmm. quite cool too. Yeah, I've, I've been kind of trying to do what... Uh, <laughs> I've been doing what James was saying earlier about like, avoiding games and stuff. Like, that's what I've been trying to do with this. So like, that's why I didn't know whether it was coming out, like, like soon or, or whatever. Fe- February been, like, 8th. Myself. February 8th, yeah. I, I, just, I just saw now, but yeah, like, mm-hmm. I've literally just been just trying to avoid, like, all information about it. I was going to look at it recently, but yeah, so like, that- I'm hyped for it. Looks great. The- the, what's funny is that the, the previous game they made, it's a French studio actually, and uh, the, the the game they made was uh, Absolver, which was basically mm-hmm. Virtua yes. Fighter cross Dark Souls, and uh, mm-hmm. so that that's a receipt for for that, James, you know. <laughs> that game, I actually play, uh, I've played Absolver, and I don't even want to admit how long I played it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that game is really good. And Sifu, yeah. someone messaged me the other day, and they were like, "Yeah, you might want to look at Sifu though." And I was like, "Yeah, but mm. Sifu looks like Virtua Fighter cross a roguelike because you have to mm. finish the game, and each time you die in the game, you uh, are older." And when you are older, I think you are uh, you take more damage, but you're more evasive and you hit harder. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a limit to the number of times you can die. And when you die, you keep the perks, the moves and the things that you learned and you go with a new character. You basically start again, just like yeah. a, awesome. a roguelike until you finish the game and after that i think there's there's probably new modes like an hardcore mode or something like that yeah um yeah that's the and it's i mean it's like it's it's uh it's a hong kong uh movie uh the game like uh martial art movie the game and uh that's uh the the guys making it i interviewed them during absolute development and visit their studio they are super fun they are they are fighting game they are um, martial art nerds one of them mm-hmm. and um, so it's I have no doubt that it's going to be super great there are interactions like you can pick a battle and explode it in the face <laughs> of your enemies you can like throw chairs uh, with your feet yeah, you, kick, you feet, kick huh? chairs and throw them and yeah. stuff yeah, yeah it's cool there, there's, there, it looks like there's a lot of interaction things like that so it's going to be to be fun I think yeah absolutely 
Yeah, I've mm-hmm. I've just been um just been as you've been like speaking there. I just I just decided to watch like about like twenty thirty seconds worth of like gameplay and stuff. But like just uh, I used to do parkour too, and like I'm just watching some people do a few different moves and stuff like that, which we used to like end up using and stuff. And just I love the traversal between like active fighting and then like passively kind of like spacing each other out, and then like mm. the 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 switches between stances, little bit little little bits of like um of changes of stances and bits of footwork too so for example even like you know actively going from a leg sweep to passing over somebody and then like punching them in the face or Mm. utilizing things like hip throws or even just for example just watching someone transition from doing what we'd call a a turning kick at dolly ojagi from doing a turning kick stepping down spinning around going to punch someone else and then like leg sweeping somebody else but like doing all of this in like you know uh, a very um well well structured manner so it's it's not like they're just clipping from like hit to hit to hit so for example this used to kind of be a bit of an issue in some other games which i've played with a bit of a a sort of high-paced combo sort of based uh, uh, third-person fighting system for example in the batman arkham games wasn't like the biggest problem in the world Mm. but like yeah it's it would kind of like you kind of like sort of uh, almost like magnetically kind of like uh, be drawn from like person to person so like you'd be punching somebody and then like you'd go to punch someone else and you'd kind of like clip into them in, in, in essence instead of sort of like sort of resetting your stance and then going on to punch them and stuff. Obviously, different type of game, different, you know, amounts of enemies, different uh, things that you, which you can utilize. It's very different games. But like I'm just using that as, a, as an example, not to say it's like terrible or anything. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, like I'm just very glad to see that in this, it's very specifically focused upon like those transitional phases and those processes that, you know, martial artists understand and know about and will love to see replicated well in this game, which they've obviously you know done so yeah i'm really happy to check that out and i'm that's a that's the game which i'm going to be uh, hyped about soon soon and you'll be hearing me talk about that for sure we'll do a, we'll do an episode on it or something I'll, yeah I'll be cool. probably yeah yeah okay so those uh, are my two games who's next you want to go next oh uh, yeah quite you, you need a second not, <laughs> no 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 surprise but of course uh i'm waiting for the new stalker game despite the controversy of nice. them trying to have nfts inside this uh, I'm very if if they manage to to keep you know the um, the ambience the 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 exploration of the original games that's go- probably gonna be my game of the year so I hope mm. it's going to be good and uh, among other games that will come out next year this year I'm waiting for Stray you know the game where you play a cat. Uh, in uh, oh, oh, yes. me too, me too. Yeah, oh yeah. my an ex- gosh, yeah. an equivalent yeah. of uh, Kowloon, but inhabited by uh, by robots. Yeah, you know. So that that's one of the games. Was, to... I think it was supposed to be out this year or last year, but they had to delay it. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm actually yeah. pretty excited about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's on the list of games that I was looking at just there. I was I was thinking about a bunch of games, just ones that are to come out. Like obviously, yeah, like this year possibly. But yeah, like Stray is definitely a project which I I, I first encountered this uh, many many like, years ago back on like on Tumblr. I saw I saw like some gifs like of like of what must have been like a just a conceptual version of it as something just from a very very long time ago super long time ago and it was mm-hmm. just this cat walking along like a little like wall and there's like these robots around and i was just like oh my god this is like super cool like this is so yeah. cool and what? then like yeah this is super cool to see it you know still existing one of the other games i'm waiting for that's quite surprising for me it's the new god of war because i played uh, the the first one uh this year and i was like 
super surprised because I don't like uh, most AAA games because I found them super boring. And this one, wow, was very something, like really, really something. I was very surprised to actually enjoy it. And I can't wait for the for the conclusion because it will be in two parts. So there's this one too. I, I haven't actually played the current God of War. I think Richmond knows as well uh, <laughs> is I I actually have not enjoyed the God of War series up until. Yeah, me yeah. too. I played the first one on the PlayStation and that's all. And uh, it was good, but not so good. I was I always found them a little bit boring because, you know, swing the the chains and you're basically invincible all the time. But this mm-hmm. one, that, that's that's a bit the same of what we said about, you know, Iconoclast and, um, well, I, and Nocturne. You're like, you, you, you start saying, oh, I'm going to play Kratos and, uh, and kill everyone. And okay, there's this story about him being a father and blah, blah, blah. But, <laughs> and, and I went I went with, in it rolling my eyes. Like, okay, like another game developer that, that can't see... His children growing because he's crunching on video games. He's going to talk to me about being a father. And I was like, <laughs> and actually, <laughs> no, but you know, that's, that's like, a, that was a trend for some time. And, and I was like, yeah. okay, stop. Like, wh- wh- what's the next thing? But actually it's well done. Like it's very well done. It takes its time. It's not artificial. And the imagery, the, the recreation of this wall you know viking mythology is incredible and the second characters are super cool too well there's a lot of things to like in this game and i was we really enjoy it i i wonder if they they rebooted that way because i think uh i actually had less of a problem with the original gameplay and i just thought kratos was a terrible character for for, yeah a terrible character with motivations i didn't care about the things i didn't relate to that like all that stuff so i i'm i'm interested to see because is it a reboot or is it it's supposed to be the same character it's it's the same character it's basically a reboot and same character at the same time basically it, you, you know about god of war is you kill the gods blah and 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 so and so after that and after that like kratos was like oh god i kill i suppose i killed everyone so no nobody loves me so I'm going to go north, and uh, somehow he managed to enter uh, Midgard. Uh, not, not Midgard, but one of the you know the plains of uh, of uh, Viking mythology, and uh, and he meets someone, and they have a kid, and uh, he's still like Kratos. Uh, uh, I don't want to talk about the past, things like that. And um, I don't know. It's it's a bit like. It's a bit like Cobra Kai, you know, <laughs> like okay, it's a bit yeah, like yeah. the same relationship, like uh, characters that go that that have a, a long history. You may not know a lot about it, but it's not really a problem. You can really enjoy the game even without it. So that that's good as as it is. So, yeah, go for it. I think you're, you're good. Since you like the, the, the Last of Us series, I think you're going to enjoy this one. Okay, cool, cool. Okay. Um, I have, I have, yeah, I have a couple of games uh, that are on different tracks that I'm, I'm curious, or I'm, I'm excited for. Uh, one of them is a game that I know will be good. It's more that I haven't played it, and I'm waiting for the Switch version to come out, which is Thirteen Sentinels. Um, Yay! Yes. So yes, it's good. Yeah. Um, so it's coming out on Switch. I think. 
uh, March or April ish. I know it's not out on Switch yet. I know, and I know I can play it on PlayStation Four or PC, but I don't <laughs> want to. I want to play it on Switch. So I've been waiting. Understandable. Um, I don't know if we're gonna. It's a Vanillaware game for everyone that doesn't know, and um, I don't know if we, we need to talk about exactly why. It's more of a. That's what I'm excited to play. I'd say in terms of ones that are like kind of on the track of. I'm I'm really interested to see how they do it, um, and even though it's going to be near the end of the year, is, is Starfield, which is a Bethesda game. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't traditionally been a big fan of Bethesda games. Like Elder Scrolls never quite worked for me, but something about like the, the idea of like these kind of open world sci-fi um, kind of build up to it, it and the, the the visual kind of style of it in the art direction, I really really like. Um, so I'm curious to see that. And then mm-hmm. I have uh, one more that is. Probably one you, you haven't quite heard of, but I, I'm always interested to see new studios uh, that are backed by, by bigger stuff. So they're like kind of in this double A thing. So there's a, a game coming out called Atomic Heart. Are you all familiar with it? Yeah. Yep. Oh my God. I didn't mention this. That's one I should have oh mentioned. That's that was very good. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's a, it's a new studio uh, called Munfish. Ages. Um, and at first it was just like, oh, it's a story driven narrative. Call of Duty, blah, blah, blah. Oh, uh, yeah. But then I was like looking at it and I was like, actually, the art direction and stuff is actually really cool looking. Perfect. Um, and the world building seems really good. And like, yeah. I, I'm a sucker for narrative driven games. Like, I play, like, one of my guilty pleasures is playing the Call of Duty campaigns. I even played the Call of Duty Vanguard campaign. It was okay. Um, but this is this is one of the ones where I, I see a lot of what I like about those things in this game. But I see like a design voice coming from a studio that's that's pretty new. So yeah, um, and it's funny because it's basically Fallout, but in the Soviet Union, and that's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cro- crossed with things like Control or X Files a little bit. So that that's super strange, but uh, the aesthetics is incredible, incredible. Yeah, again, same same cool. thing with um with I want to mention one, Starfield, one thing the, about this game. Oh, it's one. just the the art direction. Even though mm. it's it's a three D game, the art direction and the colors and the lighting is just really evocative. It just it just makes me want to be in that world. So um, absolutely yeah. okay. Now we 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 must do an episode on this game. We absolutely have to because I've been yeah. thinking about this game for such a long time. It's actually a big inspirational factor for me with regards to a project that I'm like on, like doing and doing and stuff. But it's actually super super cool. Also, a random thing about this, uh, just kind of in the weird, uh, you know, internet uh, mirage sense. Like I said before, uh, I found a video a long 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 time ago, and it was on this like random channel that's like that doesn't exist anymore now. But like. It was basically showing like gameplay of like a game that was kind of like sort of similar like like this, or I think it was this project, but like in its like early like baby stages. And I saw it ages ago. And I remember looking for it again like last year. And the video doesn't exist anymore now. But I was just like, damn, like did I see something I wasn't supposed to see? I don't know. But like Atomic Heart, yeah, super super cool. Like uh, Sean just said, definitely a game which has just got such a distinct visual like language and so many really interesting things going on with it. Like for example, they've got so many cool like odd science fiction like elements and very weird, it's creepy, cool. Uh, what was a good word for it? Um, uh, the, 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 there are these sci- there are these scientists uh, in, in these facilities, and they're basically just like messing around with like the laws of like physics and like nature in a sense. Like you can see a lot of really odd things occurring. Like the ground is kind of like liquid-like, and in some places, and just all sorts of very weird things. I recommend that you check out the trailers on YouTube mm-hmm. and stuff. But um, hey, yeah, that, just really really interesting stuff. There's a game we forgot, and it's going to be a bomb. And it's Bob oh. Rush Cyberfunk. 
the new yes. game. Oh my gosh, I was going to mention <laughs> by Team Reptile, the guy, the guy that made the game um, right, fighting yeah. game with bats, uh, not uh, not Batman, the <laughs> the baseball bat. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not Batman. You you talk about Lethal League. <laughs> yeah, Lethal League. Thank yeah, you. Lethal Thank League. you. <laughs> Lethal League. And so basically, uh, Bomb Rush Cyberpunk is uh, okay. Uh, we had the aesthetics, the, the music, and uh, almost everything from Jet Set Radio, we're going to make our own Jet Set Radio, except that this time you're going to be able to to have a skateboard, rollerblades, or uh, a BMX. BMX, baby. Yeah. So that's going to be wild. And uh, I think it's too mellow still at the, at the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And uh, even, uh, what was his name? Ikegumi no, Nakamura, something like the, the composer oh, no. oh, of Jet oh. Set Radio. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, Naguma. Naganuma. Yeah, Naganuma. Yeah, is going to to do a, a few songs, I think, on the project. So yeah, that's that's one of the games I think that you know. Okay, we talked about like God of War, who is very like uh, serious, you know. But mm -hmm. you look at Bomb Rush Simulation, you're like, okay, that's a Dreamcast game I want to play in 2022. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Oh, I. I also feel yeah. like, uh, to bring it also back around, I don't know as much about the game, but I know we were talking about the Luminous Engine. I believe they're working on a new game in the Luminous Engine called Forspoken. Do you all go know about it? But I know that it's supposed yes, to be. Yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yeah, it looks really it's great. It's that Thomas mentioned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, that's, oh, that's, okay, that's, 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 uh, that's the realistic Isekai that Square Enix is doing, basically. Mm -hmm. It comes out Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that, that's not even a joke, you know, like, we know to joke. That's sort of, um, a woman from our world that they, that arrives in a uh, fantasy world and uh, that's all that's like <laughs> realistic uh, looking isekai game by square enix and uh, that's surprising but not as surprising as their as their um game that happens in um final fantasy one when you ha where you have to kill chaos and uh and <laughs> Like Ugh. like oh my god this game I I'm more <laughs> curious than willing to than willing to play this game because I don't know that <laughs> I don't understand what's going on at Square Enix right now but uh, yeah they got all sorts going on over there that's right mm -hmm. that's awesome I just want to mention very very quickly very very quickly like big shout out to Team Reptile Tim Rammers and the gang Dion Costa all the people out there doing a really awesome job I've been checking them out on Twitter online there's just such a wealth of like awesome content which they've been putting out there and stuff and I think that a lot of people will have a wonderful time with this game when it comes out it's a testament to so many things which the studio seems to be about and it's got this wonderful vibrance and just dynamism mm -hmm. to it that I think the game space really needs right now so yeah shout out to everybody at Team Reptile Games, go follow them over there. Reptile Games mm -hmm. on Twitter. Yeah, and that's that, there's also the next step, the the follow up of A Plague Tale. I don't know if you played this game. Yeah, you know, the the, the game actually that, really good. <laughs> yeah, the one where you yeah. control rats, right? Requiem, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With, yeah. with rats everywhere in the in the medieval France uh, during the the rat uh, pandemic, the Black Plague pandemic, and they're doing a second episode. And uh, so I don't know if it's going to be out this year. But uh, I really enjoyed the first one. Like just, uh, just like Sean said, sometimes you just, just what you want is a story-driven game, a corridor yeah. story-driven game that is beautiful, well, well dubbed, and uh, and just look good overall. And this was one of them. I really enjoyed it. So 
yeah, yeah. Re- Requiem, I think, is scheduled to come out this year, but I'm, I'm also mm-hmm. going to play it. Yeah, that was a really surprising game because they, they also have this element of the story where they kind of talk about the Inquisition mm-hmm. uh, during, like, um, so re- really random aside. So um, uh, recommending another podcast, me and Rachel have been listening to, uh, we listened to Left Podcast, last podcast on the left, um, but they have a series they've been doing about the plague like in Europe and talking through oh. really interesting things about it, like how it, it effectively created the middle class and how different areas of Europe dealt with the black plague. And while you're listening to it, you're thinking like, Oh, there's not a whole, and they were talking about some like terrible, like Nick cage films that are set during the plague and how the depiction of it isn't quite accurate. Um, they didn't mention it, but I, I was like looking into like, what, what media is there around the black death and the plague? Because like, it's super interesting. Like it's, it's a disease that's still around, right? Like it coming, going back to like old school pandemics, but mm-hmm. it had like three waves and like, it, like we've been dealing with this pandemic for like two years, but the black <laughs> death went like over the course of hundreds of like 120 years in three waves. Right. And this is actually a game that tries pretty hard other than the controlling rats part. Like it, it's <laughs> like earnestly set during these years yeah. around when a lot of, a lot of religious um, things were being combined. And like, this is actually, they were talking about this on the podcast. So this is actually the birth of modern medicine started during the second wave of the plague mm. in France, um, particularly in Paris. Um, so I, I, I don't believe that uh, plague tale takes place in Paris, but, or am I, but um, the, the point being is that it's actually a really interesting setting and I'm excited to see more media actually mm. trying to earnestly explore it. Yeah, and what's what's Absolutely. funny is that you know the the setting of the game is the, I think it's the region the the the, the region of uh, Bordeaux, which is the southwest of France, and uh, the developers are actually from Bordeaux. So really, oh, I didn't. Cool. Okay, yeah, yeah, so that, that's really cool. That, that, oh wow, that's like, that's like they made a game in their own region, like uh, southwest France, and uh, so yeah, that's. Uh, my my understanding is that uh, again from the the podcast they were talking about that like if you look at like say um, the way that like it, they were saying that at the time Europe really weren't countries; they were more like closer kind of principalities. This kind of plays into yep. the discussion of how it created the middle class, but they were talking about that like how like um, the area around Paris and the way that the South of France versus say like the North of Italy and uh, Sicily, like how they all dealt with the plague was very different based mm-hmm. a lot on their culture and leadership and customs. I know it's just super interesting. So it's just a super interesting area of time where a lot of things came into being that affect us now. So anyway, I, just, um, I, I could probably do a whole whole episode talking about it. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's very morbid, very disgusting. When, if you if you ever listen to the the last podcast last episode because they talk a lot about the details of how people died and stuff but um, anyway if you want to feel really good about the pandemic we're in now uh, listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> or, if you should like feel a little bit better yeah Mm-mm-mm. just a little like, bit better oh th- there was the movie flesh and blood with Rutger hour that was during yeah. the, the the black plague pandemic yeah yeah anyway that's all <laughs> for games my... for me I think so if you want uh, to I was just going to say, I just want to mention one very last thing, because we talked about games which came out like a, a while ago that sort of like come back around. There's going to be a Dead Space remake. And I was like, oh. yeah, that's that's oh. wild to think yeah. about this occurring like, in the world. Yeah, yeah it, 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 it's happening. It will be a 2022 um, 
upcoming remake of the science fiction, you know, cult classic uh, survival horror game is going to be developed. It's going to be developed by, uh, I'm not sure if it says here. One second, let me look this up actually, because it did, I did just, I was looking at it, but I just lost the link for a second. Well, but uh, it's supposed to be coming out in Q4 right? 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, well, I mean, it was, but like, um, with the hardware to previously work, Rising for All as a clock. Uh, fully voiced, make appearances again. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure because I know the 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 trailer itself. It was announced at like EA Play's live event back in like July, like last year now in 2021 and stuff. So like the game is it's expected to be released um, late this year coming. But yeah, okay. like Dead Space is going to get that. Uh, it's going to get that remake. Uh, that remake treatment. That was it. Yeah, sorry. It Speaking... says well, the Motive oh, no, Studios. Sorry, sorry Visceral is the original developer. I think it looks like Motive is doing the remake. Yeah, I just see a motive here. I'm 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 curious about the reception because that's typically one of the game one a game that probably uh, will be more appreciated today than when it came out. I think so. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's Dead Space. Actually... Yeah, Dead Space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that a... was uh, pretty popular back in the day, was wasn't it? Yeah, but it initially, not... but. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Not, not sales-wise. You know, they, they did three episodes, but each time they, they, they pushed the, the... They went to the action... Um, to the action gameplay more. And the, mm-hmm. the, I think the third one is abs- is terrible, actually. But the second one has incredible uh, cinematic, if you are interested. Like, you know of oh God of War, they said, yeah, the world game is just a one single... Uh, um, what single um, film? Um, oh my God! What's the name in English? Um, when you don't cut, you know, there's no cuts in the in the camera. Long take. Yeah, a single long take. But actually, Dead Space Two was a single long take like ten years ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're like, okay, so I was not expecting this. But uh, well, yeah. One thing I was gonna mention about the—I don't know why it made me think about this—but I, I think uh, I noticed that they're working on it in uh, the Frostbite engine, and this actually relates to Elden Ring as well. Um, there's starting to happen where, yeah, you know, it used to be to do a, a remake of something was really not a a, a see, like developers wouldn't seek that job out. It was kind of like it was kind of like porting games to other platforms, like it was mm. something that needed to be done, but it wasn't something you're proud of. And my understanding is that at, because of the remake of uh, Demon Souls, like how good it looks. And I, I think y'all probably read about how the Elden Ring team felt pressure on themselves because like Elden Ring doesn't quite look as good as the Demon Souls remake, which isn't fair because it's like a built up PlayStation 5 showpiece. Yeah. But um, I've actually heard that this is kind of a kind of a, a, a thrust of uh, different studios, especially under Microsoft and Bethesda's umbrellas, where studios like Motive, like they're handing the remake to an entirely different studio with a new engine. Like there's a, there's a goal they have almost of like remaking something, hmm. but in a way that is so impressive that it pressures the current developers. Like I, I feel like that's a that's actually a notable change in how remakes have been um, perceived. Yeah, I I think it already happened before Demon Souls with the, all the work that is made by Dotemu. You know, they they remade. Um, you know how they made Street of Rage four, and uh, they are working. Oh, there's Windjammer two coming uh, soon, uh, to mm. in 2022. But they but before that they also made um, the dry. The Dragon Stap? What, what was the, the main name? That was the the surname. Um, ah, the Dragon 
tap Monster that World? Monster World, yeah. Have you have yeah. you ever played Monster World? That was a um, Master System game and they made a remake and you can switch between mm. the two games in real time. Like it's incredible. <laughs> and and um, and they have they are it's their specialty, you know, uh, in uh, at Dotemu to remake games, and it's been four years to remake like new episode or remakes that are that that make the or that make the um, you know that sublimate you know the 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 memory you had about it, and they are they are the ones also making the new Tartu Ninja uh, beat them up game. Uh, that is coming out this year too. You've uh, you've seen it? Uh, uh, not sure. Do you know you, you so. haven't seen it? Like, you show like me, show AJ, me. you you haven't <laughs> you haven't seen it? Like you, the, the guy that uh, that loves sprites and things like that. You you haven't show me, show wait me. A second. Okay, here you go. Yeah. Here you go. Oh no! Uh, oh no! In this, yeah, 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 no, yeah. This, of course, no, of course, yeah, this, this, yeah. this, yeah. yeah. No, I, th I thought you meant something else for a second. No, I've absolutely seen this before. I know a couple, of I know, I know a few people on this actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah revenge, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this is rad. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, there. You know, I feel that there, there's been this trend has been starting more in uh, indie space or smaller games. And no, there. But I, I agree with Sean. That's like. Hey, you know that's not creating something new, but recreating something, and that's sometimes that can be a challenge that is very, very interesting. So yeah, no, definitely. Honestly, there's uh, there's there's so many cool things for us to speak about and stuff, and I'm really yeah, glad yeah. that we've been able to get out of our systems all of the games which we've you know <laughs> been interested in and like want to get into too. But uh, yeah, we've been we've been at this for a minute, and I think it's time for us to wrap up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the the podcast football as it were over to richmond <laughs> you know just uh hitting out some little american stuff there for you guys for our international listeners but yeah let's uh, let's close <laughs> this up oh um i i so uh, as far as like what i planned on playing this 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 year uh, oh yeah quick, i forgot you didn't get uh, to go my bad my bad yeah um so th there's a title from last year uh, came out in november uh, so it's yeah it's uh, tail end of the year uh, kind of counts as a 2022 game. Uh, it's called uh, Legend of Tian Ding, and it, it's uh, developed by a Taiwanese developer uh, called CGCG, stands for Cre Creative Games Computer Graphics, oh. uh, published by Neon Doctrine. Legend of Tian Ding. Um, mm -mm -mm. It's, it's, it's a beat em up uh, platformer on Steam. You can get it right now. Oh, the style. Uh, I, I haven't played nice. it yet. Yeah. I, I already bought it, but I just okay. haven't had a chance to like actually play it yet. Um, yeah, it's just it's a really cool looking game. It's uh, it's based off of an actual uh, person, a, a folk hero uh, from Taiwan when they were under uh, uh, Japanese rule. Uh, and, of course, uh, it's it's a side scrolling beat 'em up platformer uh, with cel shaded graphics, uh, 2D gameplay. Uh, it looks very reminiscent of Beautiful Joe. It's got like a very uh, comic book uh, style graphics. Um, it looks very much like a you know like like Chinese manhua. Like it, it looks like a Chinese comics. Uh, has really nice looking animation. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to check that out. Um, that looks yeah, nice. it looks really cool. And then the, another game that hasn't come out yet that I'm really looking forward to this year is the new uh, Kiki Kaikai or the uh, Paki and Rocky. Right. Uh, so um, 
I think it's called Pocky and Rocky Reshrined is the English title. Um, and mm. yeah, it's, it's just the latest version of um, you know, a classic SNES game. You know, what we were talking about with like uh, people going back, remaking old games. Yep. But what, what's really interesting about this one is before we're talking about fans uh, driving these revivals, right? But with mm-hmm. this team, this is the original creators uh, going back and revisiting games that they made like you know 20 30 years ago mm. somehow these these guys have managed to stick together for decades and decades and um i yeah they they actually managed to to um this is something they 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 drove themselves like they actually um got permission from these old publishers to redo their old games cuz you know they these were made by uh, Natsume Right, so they don't actually own these games, but um, now they 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 are the core studio developing them. Um, uh, hopefully, they're getting a lot of revenue from it. But uh, um, yeah, the new Pocky and Rocky uh, just looks really nice. Just a beautiful Aww. game. They they remade uh, uh, Ninja Warriors uh, a couple of years before that, um, and it's just if you love sprite art, it, it looks absolutely gorgeous. It's what they call mm-hmm. a, a high high bit, right? Not quite sixteen bit. Mm-hmm. You know, using more effects than they used to, but. Um, uh, other people have described it as like the way they remake games is like the way you remember them looking, you know, yep. back in the day, right? And, and it's, it's just like, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like subtly upgraded, but it's not like, you know, it's not super slick. Like they're not using a ton of like uh, new effects. There's no weird normal maps or like uh, real time lighting. Mm. It, it's the... just really, really solid pixel art. Yeah. There was a very interesting article on Gamma Sutra about how um, the developers of Shovel Knight achieved, you know, the look of a retro game as people remember them. But when you look at it, it's mm-hmm. actually not at all like the games were, mm-hmm. just in colors and the number of layers you can have and all. So if you type Shovel Knight Gamma Sutra, I think you're going to find it and it's a delight to read because there are a lot of little tricks and things that you don't see or think about and uh it's it's very curious that, that's kind of what happened thing, with, one... the, with the diablo 2 remake as well like people were like oh this is what it looked like and then you have like what thomas was talking about that ability to swap between the old game and the new one and you're like oh, <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> yeah so yeah it's, it's actually amazing what the nostalgia goggles will make you think was part of the older styles yeah absolutely one, one last thing for anyone listening though uh, that site isn't called that anymore it's called just game developer like dot com it changed its name yeah oh yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like the last thing. But yeah, I just think to make I know sure why. people get in there. <laughs> the I mean, well, yeah, it was that's a whole other conversation. It's just, it was a little bit yeah. cringe, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, okay, okay. Right, let's let's wrap stuff up. Um, let's go. Yeah. So so um, you know what? Twenty twenty two. Yeah, twenty twenty two. Uh, very excited um, for this year. Very. Uh, Year three of 2020, <laughs> but um, I, I think we're ready, right? I think there's, uh, there's, of course, you can't tell the future. There's always going to be surprises, but I feel like everyone has uh, hopefully been able to, to uh, get some rest during the turnover of the years, and you know we'll steal ourselves for this next year. Expect the worst, but hope for the best. And um, yeah, there's still, you know, there's still things to look forward to. And that's that's Absolutely. nice. It's nice to have things to look forward to, and it's nice to be able to revisit things that you've enjoyed in the past. You know, 
It's um, hmm. yeah, nice to be able 100%. to hold on to those things. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, I guess that that that's that's it for the Art Eater podcast. Thanks thanks for listening. <laughs> we had a pretty lengthy one today. Lots to talk about. Uh, lots more to discuss yet. Uh, really excited uh, to be, um, you know, podcasting with you guys. We got a lot more cool podcasts ahead of, uh, you know, to look forward so to. So much, baby. Yeah. Yes. It's going to nice. be an awesome year. Yeah. 2018 um, so, is going to be a wild one. Yeah. 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 I guess uh, so. Let's, um, you know, as we close things out, just uh, everyone, let let everyone know what you're up to, you know. Um yeah, like uh, let everyone know how, how how to what projects you got in the works and how to follow. Um, I'll I'll just quickly start. You know, my my name's Richmond. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm there all the time at uh, Richmond Lee. That's R I C H M O N D underscore L E E. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I post lots of musings about games and art, and um, once in a while I'll give you some updates on the game that I'm making. Uh, we're making a game called Zeka Tactics. Uh, you can also follow. Oh. On, mm. on Twitter, <laughs> thanks. Mm-hmm. I, heard, I heard it looks super good. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a mecha uh, strategy game, uh, turn based, grid based, um, uh, with uh, cel shaded graphics. Harkens back to uh, you know classic anime, but of course we're giving it our own uh, personal modern uh, flair. Uh, yeah, super excited to be working on that. And um, oh my gosh, like. Towards the end of the last year, the game is really starting to come together. Like I'm, I mean, I'm always excited to work on it, but I'm especially excited now because it's like it's it's finally shaping up. Uh, you, you guys know, like with game dev, it's like you mm. you spend so long refining the different pieces, and there's so much to prioritize, you know. So yep. it, it takes a very long time before it actually starts taking shape in 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 into a game that you can actually show off mm-hmm. into something that actually resembles a game and it's not purely conceptual, and um, yeah, it's finally I, coming together. I think a lot of people that haven't worked on games don't realize how it really does most games. Like it really feels like it's in development until like basically right before you're about to release it, and then there's always like a magical moment where it actually does come together and like to the the full gameplay loop, happy path. And you're like, Oh, okay. And you feel like it's going to get better. Like you're going to get better at it um, over time. And it never, it never really changes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always the same cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but happy to be in the grind. Yeah. All right, Sean, let, let everyone know what you're up to. Uh, hello, I'm Sean. Um, so what, um, as you probably heard, I'm a, UX director, creative director. I uh, lead the design teams at NZXT. We do PC gaming stuff. Uh, basically, we're working on a lot of cool stuff. I'm not really here to promote that, but keep an eye on us. We have a lot of exciting stuff planned for this year that I'm super excited about. Um, what I will say for myself is um, I mentioned before that I'm writing a book. So the first version of the manuscript is complete. So oh, nice. um, I'm, I'm obviously going through a lot of editing and cover design and all that nonsense, but it will actually be out this year. So uh, I'm, I'm, I finally like the menu, like having a complete manuscript that still needs a lot of editing and stuff like that. It still kind of is that one point. Cause I've been working on a book for like four years, five years um, off and on, like getting motivated to do it and working on it. So it, it, this, it finally crossed that point like late last year where it's now, I feel like I'm, it's actually going to be a book. Like, I don't feel like I'm just saying I'm writing a book. I feel like it's, it's actually, it's, it's crossed the point 
you know how like when you're playing a video game and you get near the end and there's always like the point of no return where you can no longer do side quests or mess around you're just on the the <laughs> roller coaster to the end of the game that's kind of what it feels like with this book right now so i'll be talking probably about that on, on my social media uh which you can follow me at uh, is at daborsk d-a-b-o-r-s-k i think this year also i'm actually gonna take a concerted effort to work on more like content style things like i'm really gonna try my hand at doing some video essays it's something i really enjoy i watch a lot of video essays on youtube i just love diving into like the creation or breaking down different types of media so yeah. uh, i'm gonna try my hand at it for sure so so look out for that and a uh, last thing i will say is i've actually been doing a lot of uh, mentoring as well um on the site i mean obviously you could just send me a tweet or an email but it um this platform called adplist.org Again, the ADP stands for Amazing Design People. All sorts of different designers and directors and engineers and product people on there, but it's totally free for everybody. Um, so it's just a lot of people giving their time, but you can look me up and book a session. Uh, I've been talking to a lot of people that are just trying to either get into design or get into the game industry. Um, and uh, I've I found that I've really been, been enjoying it. And I think what the team behind ADP List is doing with their platform is actually really positive for the uh for like getting more and more people into this stuff like the kind of thing we talk about um and especially because i really feel like we're watching triple a studios really lose lose a little bit of favor to, to indie titles and i like it a lot yeah. so more, more designers <laughs> more more engineers more more product people so if you're someone that's like listening to this stuff and wants to do it either either talk to me or jump on adp list and find either companies that you like and see if people are on there or just search for they have all sorts of tags around like what an industry they're in or what the person's looking into and um some of them do group mentoring so it's super cool adplist.org uh, obviously just type in my name on the search bar and uh that is me hey <laughs> all right well uh this is james stanley resident rushdown fighting game guy uh i got a lot of stuff planned for this year uh, I've actually been hinting at a uh, graphic novel compilation of my uh, my comic part-time shuffle. So uh, that is something that has been heavily underway. So I totally understand where Sean's coming from, where you feel like you have a whole bunch of stuff and it slowly but surely kind of becomes what you need it to become. And, uh, you know, it is getting to that point where, uh, you know, a release date will be announced sometime, probably mid this year. Uh, so keep an eye out on that. Um, another thing that I haven't really spoken about too much until maybe a week or two ago is that I'm actually going to be starting a Patreon. Uh, there's nice. going to be some Yay. promotional... Yay. Thanks, guys. Uh, there's going to be some promotional stuff kind of coming out here and there. I'll talk a little bit more about like what you're getting from it and like why in the next couple of uh, days or so. So, you know... One, one place to keep up on what I'm doing is uh, my Twitter. And my Twitter is Beefy Kunoichi. That is B-E-E-F-Y underscore K-U-N-O-I-C-H-I. Uh, I talk a lot about fighting games, food, uh, my own comics and art and uh, projects that I'm working on. Uh, and actually, for those that are in the world of Fightcade, that is also my handle. So if you would like to actually fight me in this in the Alpha 2 or whatever you want to play on Fightcade and I'm on, uh, that is another way to find me as well. But uh, yeah, uh, got a lot going on. I'm really looking forward to 2022. Uh, looking, you know, expecting the worst, but hoping, uh, you know, things get better as mm. we go forward. 
Okay, as for me, um, I've been doing a lot of things in 2021, like uh, <laughs> we were joking with Sean about doing um, uh, the art eater, uh, keeping your eyes, your house up and renovation podcast <laughs> episode <laughs> where, where we discuss about sanding, plumbing, plaster, <laughs> woodwork. <laughs> <laughs> so soldering copper replacing the hardware on your cabinets <laughs> yeah things like that so uh, like almost half of my year was doing that you know and, and now I, it's starting to uh, slow down a little bit so I'm, I'm glad and uh, one thing I started in 2021 was uh, drawing again after more than 10 years yeah. not daring to yeah, do it's it it's been again. great man I've been going to a live model session drawing i have a wonderful teacher uh we 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 laugh a lot because the uh when she she asked me to to draw in color and i'm like no <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like no what to do black and white She's like Thomas, take the, take those uh, color pens and and add some color and i'm like Ugh. well anyway and um so that's probably my main thing i'm going to try and continue this year that's very important to me and uh, maybe draw more between lessons because I'm be I've been going every Tuesday evening and uh, I don't know I probably develop other websites for other people despite saying each year that I stopped doing this and uh, I already started for James actually and <laughs> yeah. and um, so expect ex expect some part-time shuffle website someday i don't know really? when but uh, this nice. year yeah and uh and uh, if you want to see all that like my my uh, my drawings and uh, websites and rants about uh, web development you can follow me at thomasaurus so t-h-o-m-a-m-a-s-o-r-u-s on uh, twitter and yeah. i also have a, a website with the same handle.com so yeah just uh, just follow me, set me free, trust me, and we will escape from the city. Oh, very nice. Look at that. Yay. Look at that. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Okay, so, <laughs> hey, everybody. What's up? Uh, it's my turn to go. Uh, it's Adam, AJ here. Pleased to be here once again, as always. It's your favorite game and level designer, Pixel Artist, and International Taekwondo Fighter. Some more good news about that, actually. I'm going to actually start getting back into the Taekwondo fighting world. Now, finally, I took like, a prolonged break for like a while, but like I'm actually fully ready to get back into that area of life, so that'll be quite fun. I'm due to nice. begin training again soon, so I'm going to talk about that a little bit more online on Twitter and stuff like that, but you can actually find out about how that area of life is going to go. And if you follow me on Twitter over there, you can find me at AJ Mattis. So it's A-J-M-A-T-T-I-S. I go by AJ on Twitter, but I'm also Adam. You can call me either. I love to share and retweet all kinds of cool art and projects that I see. If anyone wants or needs some more pixel art related work doing and stuff like that, I'm also active at the moment. As always, please get in touch. People do. And honestly, it's been pretty good so far. So it's good. We've got some more actual good news regarding that coming very, very soon. So that'll be very cool. But yeah, uh, if you liked anything that I, had, that I had to say today or anything that you hear, just drop me a follow. Drop these pleasant fellows a follow too. And yeah, we'll end up seeing all of you again in the wonderful, wonderful internet space uh, very, very soon. So take care. Stay safe. Uh, see you next time. And bye. Peace out. Later. Later. Bye. bye. Stay safe. Bye. Thank you.
Thank you.